1: This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC.
2: Bay Area community in shock tonight after a mass shooting this afternoon that left
3: seven dead and one other in critical condition. Tonight, that gunman is in custody as the investigation into his motive is ongoing. What a tragedy to see these innocent people lose their lives. And right now, we just don't have the answers yet. I
4: mean, the the Second Amendment's
1: becoming a suicide
4: pact. To the latest in the George Santos saga now, and against the backdrop of all of his lies, a new poll is showing what voters think of the congressman. A
5: new Siena poll finds nearly two-thirds of Democrats and a strong plurality of Republicans, 49%, feel Santos should resign. And he's viewed unfavorably by 59% of independent voters polled, 56% of
6: Republicans, and 55% of Democrats.
7: What the Biden... Administration has tried to do, I believe what they're engaging in is a purge of government. They're trying to get rid of people, men and women who think for themselves, men and women who are conservatives, men and women who won't be docile sheep following their orders.
8: years ago on a Thursday night at the Kingsway Jewish Center in Brooklyn, New York on Kings Highway and Nostrand Avenue. This song by Neil Diamond, If There Were No Dreams, was, play, was playing the uh, first time they announced Sydney and Danielle as Mr. and Mrs. Rosenberg. This is in fact my first dance. We'll be married 31 years in June this year, but the reason why we're playing this At the top of today's show is because this amazing artist out of Brooklyn, Lincoln High School, my dad went, Neil Diamond, turns 82 years old today. 82? What is going on? Every single person we celebrate the last couple of weeks, Lou, from um, Jimmy Page turning 79 a couple of weeks ago, Rod Stewart turning 78, Pat Benatar turning 70, Neil Diamond
9: turning 82, and then people dying like Jeff Beck. What the hell's going on? So now I would have to—I would say—as a public service, Neil Diamond's in trouble. I would say to the Neil Diamond <laughs> estate, get your affairs in order, <laughs> because uh, it's, know, probably, it's, it's probably a lot of paperwork with him. I mean, he's a legend, so there he is. I would g- have all the family members gather together and just—just. Just you know, get, yes get together. And not be a well. bad idea yeah. based on the history of because, the last couple of weeks. Just be prepared. Not saying anything's happened. No, not yet. no, no. Right. No, he's he's in fine fettle.
8: Two music legends celebrating a birthday today that Lewis and I both love. One Neil Diamond will play him throughout today's program, and the other, another Lewin Sid favorite, and in all fairness, a Don Imus favorite, the great Warren Zevon.
9: Great.
8: How old is uh, Zevon today? All well right, he's he, dead. He's not
9: he's nothing. Yeah, he's silly. dead, no. <laughs> I don't know what he would. We be. keep
8: playing that. Uh, what's that song he wrote right before he died? He was in the actual. He was in the bed in
9: the hospital. Keep me in your heart. For keep a while. me in your heart oh, for was a the while. Last song yeah, on the record. Yeah,
8: and then he, he on that last album he did. I think he also redid um, "Knocking on Heaven's Door." That's right.
9: Yeah, yeah so. which I'd say anybody we play now should be knocking on the door. I think you've got to be careful. <laughs> nope. careful.
8: We'll celebrate uh, Neil Diamond and Warren Zivon on today's program. It's a big show as always. Bo Deedle is still on vacation. Last week I was getting text messages, where's Bo? Where's Bo? He's on every Tuesday and Thursday. He'll be back on Thursday. we have got a good buddy. His name is John Rosati. He's better friends with Bo. He owns like every Honda dealership in Brooklyn. He's a big-time guy. His son runs all the Honda dealerships on Notions Avenue in Brooklyn. He owns all the Vic and Angelo restaurants down in Florida. He's got this huge yacht, and he picked up Bo, I think, in Miami. I'm not even sure. And they went to some Caribbean island for nine days. So Bo will be back on Thursday. But today, still a big show. We've got Nicole Maliotaka stopping by today. We've got this mayor of Middletown, New Jersey. I saw this guy on Fox News yesterday, and I said, Justin, you got to get him. His name is Tony Perry, and he is suing Phil Murphy and the state of New Jersey over bail reform. I love this guy. Now serving in his fifth year as mayor of Middletown, New Jersey, Tony Perry will join us today. And at 840, Miranda Devine wrote another great column on the Joe Biden document. So three great guests today, plus... Live in studio, as it'll be twice a week now on Sid and Friends in the Morning, my dear friend Andrew Giuliani, who I was uh, all too excited to add to the roster
5: of greats. So welcome back, Tuesday morning, Andrew. How are you, buddy? Sid, good morning. Great to be back on the number one New York talk radio show. It really is uh, an honor, and uh, I gotta tell you, ready for... uh I'm still reeling a little bit over our yeah. giant loss. I know. Look, it wasn't even it wasn't even a game at halftime at that point. But it wasn't I wasn't a game you, the I first was, quarter. Man. I know. I know. <laughs> well, look, you could see the real talent difference, right? That was pretty obvious. Uh, but I mean, a great year for the New York Football Giants. Hopefully, it's a step in the right direction, and we continue to build on that in year two. Some tough decisions. With Barkley and with Daniel Jones. I know that's uh, kind of the post-mortem on the New York Giants. I know you went through it yesterday, but I'm still just kind of licking my wounds at this point. Yeah, they'll both be back. I know that uh, Frank Carone, who most recently uh,
8: served as Eric Adams, the mayor's chief of staff. Curtis Lee was campaign manager, Yeah, that's him, right. Frank and his brother Anthony, who are friends of mine despite Curtis's rants, uh, they represent Number 26, Saquon Barkley. They're agents, you know. They also represent Hakeem Jeffries. Both will be on this show in the next couple of weeks. I think both Daniel Jones and Barkley will be back. But you made the right point, which is there's another tier of talent. You know, you start to to really notice Minnesota won 13 football games this year, Mm -hmm. but they're not there. They're not even close. Kirk Cousins is not a big-time winner. You see teams like Philadelphia, San Francisco, even Dallas, as badly as Dak Prescott played, Kansas City, Cincinnati, Buffalo. That is a completely different tier yeah. than the Giants. The Giants over-exceeded every expectation. Clearly, Brian Dable is a terrific coach and a great motivator. But when your best wide receiver is Richie James... Yeah. You're not going to win a Super
5: Bowl. Bottom line. And Joe Schoen, I think this is going to be year two. He was very disciplined last year, making sure he didn't mortgage the future because they were under such major cap constraints. But now that he's got all that cap, now we're going to see ultimately what he's made of as a GM. This is where we're going to see. And they, you know, you're right. I mean, in terms of Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley, I think Jones has certainly proven enough that he's certainly the quarterback of the future. Yeah. But, but Bar- by the way, he looked scared to death on Saturday night. But, scared to death. He had no time. He had no time. <laughs> know, the, guy, the guy literally would plant his back foot and there yeah. was somebody in his face. So yeah. I, I don't really know if that's fair on Jones in terms of that because the guy literally didn't even have a chance to actually look down the field once he got the ball. Um, I, I'm really interested to see with Barkley. Know he's always going to be on the program, but remember – Running backs, once they get to 28, 29, 30, they generally go downhill. Barkley's yep. got to be 27 years old now. If this is through his fifth year of the contract. So from the Giants' perspective, do they give him a long-term deal? Do they go for a year and try to string him along in terms like, of trying he won't to He will take dis- a one-year deal because somebody else will give him they
8: three franchise or four years. Though. They can
5: do
10: that. They can franchise Right, him. right. They right. can franchise that him. May that
8: might the be best the best way to go. Yeah. That might yeah. be yeah. the move yeah. for the Giants. Yeah. We'll see. We'll probably talk to Saquon sometime later on this week, if not next week. And, uh, yes, Daniel Jones will get uh, a lot of money and a lot of years. He'll be the quarterback of the future. And we move on with two big games coming up on Sunday, of course, the NFC Championship game. The upstart San Francisco 49ers led by the rookie Brock Purdy taking on Jalen Hurts and the Philadelphia Eagles. And, of course, in the AFC matchup, Joe Burrow and Cincinnati taking on an injured Pat Mahomes. Kansas City is saying he's going to play on Sunday. That's fine. He is not healthy. And, by the way, the Bengals have now beaten the Chiefs Three consecutive times anyway with a healthy Mahomes, including the same exact matchup a year ago when Cincinnati won at Arrowhead to get to the Super Bowl. So you got to love the Bengals plus the points coming up on Sunday.
5: Joe Burrow, Mr. Cool, playing tremendous football. Burrow just looks absolutely clutch in every single moment. I think the big question here is, is Mahomes going to be at... 40 or 50 percent, or is he going to be able to get to 70, 80 percent? It doesn't matter. At 40, 50 percent, you see, I think... I the Bengals think, have beaten him three consecutive times at Mahomes at 100 yeah. percent. They're a better football team, I, Cincinnati. But, but the last playoff game, if you remember, Kansas City was up, I think, by 17 points or so yeah. early yep. in that football game, and it kind of looked like they got lulled to sleep in some way, and Cincinnati hit them right there. I think the rest of the roster and Andy Reid is going to get that team ready to go, and I think they're going to play above themselves. The question, though, is... I just don't think with Mahomes at fifty percent, that's enough to beat Cincinnati. So, there's think. no question that's not enough. And, and I have the a question: is, at a hundred percent, is that enough? I think it is. At fifty, it's not. I think it's a great game at hundred percent. I
8: think it is. Yeah, a it's a great, great game at hundred percent, especially I, I, in I, Arrowhead. I think you got a tight game anyway. Yeah, but I, I like the Bengals to win this game. Uh, whether Mahomes healthy, not healthy, I just think Cincinnati's better. They, they run the ball better. Pacheco's been okay, but. The one-two punch of Mixon and Perrine for Cincinnati is very, very good. Jamar Chase is uncoverable at this point. Their tight ends are
5: really good. And their defense is much better than Kansas City. What, much better. What was amazing, last week the storyline was the Cincinnati Bengal offensive line beaten up with the backups be able to do, the, do the that? the job that the starting lineup was able to do. They were pushing Buffalo five, uh, six yards them, yeah. in the backfield <laughs> yeah, with these backup them. offensive linemen. Three it was actually amazing. Yeah, three. three. Three of them. Yeah, it was unbelievable. And then they had another guy who got injured during the game and he yep. was all banged up. So yep. it was unbelievable to actually watch that where it was that next man up mentality from Cincinnati.
8: All right, again, we've got these are two games coming up on Sunday, then a week off, then Super Bowl 57 from Phoenix, Arizona, coming up in a couple of weeks with Rihanna doing the halftime show. Now, going back to the Giant game, there's this weather guy. Mm-hmm. His name is Adam Klotz. Yep. You know who he is. Yep. Works at Fox News. So he went to some party or a bar, I don't know, to watch a Giant game. Yeah. And then it was about 1 o'clock in the morning, and he was heading back home after the game, and he took the subway. Yeah. Okay. And uh, he sees somebody getting harassed by a bunch of teens on the subway. And uh, being very courageous, Klotz jumps in to aid this person. And how does he get repaid? He gets his ass kicked up yeah. and down the train to the point where he was so such a bloodied mess that on his um, he made an appearance yesterday on Fox and Friends yeah. with Kilmeade, Ducey, and Ainsley. And he looked awful. Yeah. I mean, awful. Heroic and brave, but if you're going to do it... At least put up a fight.
5: <laughs> I, I got to tell you, the subway is worse than ever. It really is. I, yeah. I was just on there this morning. Me too. Yeah, and I take the six train to work every day now. Yeah, me, me too. We, we, sometimes we get We got to four. We gotta figure out where we can actually you know, <laughs> catch yeah. each other on the train there. Because unfortunately, in my car, instead of having Sid Rosenberg, I had three homeless guys that me were too. sleeping in my car. Me too. And then a guy who I couldn't figure out whether this guy was actually shooting up or trying to smoke up, oh but God. was was hawking in his words duty paper, toilet paper. Oh, yeah. uh, and ended up between Grand Central and 51st Street where I get off. Uh, he actually was uh, was actually trying to shoot up, it looked like. Wow. So that, that's actually on my Facebook page for those who want to take a look at what the subway looks like yeah. at 5 a.m. I mean, the one thing uh, I will crazy.
8: say, though, is, and I've been on the subway at about 10 to 5, and I get on at 33rd Street mm-hmm. and only go two stops to 51st. I have seen cops uh, every morning, the last couple of mornings, and certainly going back in the afternoon, a lot of cops. I had four on my subway car yesterday heading back at about 11.30 yesterday morning. So there is a police presence, which I never it, saw before, it, taking the one, the
5: two or the three. May, maybe it's for you. Maybe it's a Sid Rosenberg <laughs> presence, because <laughs> I have not seen anything. Nice. You've got a detail. I got it. Yeah. I used to have a detail. I, I have yet to see them. I've seen a little bit more on the platforms, yeah. uh, but why aren't they walking the subway cars? Get them, out, get them on the subway How cars. How many
8: cops are you going to put out there, Andrew? I mean, give me a break. You're going to put a cop we, every single subway problem. car all morning long. to Solve this problem. Uh, I agree we with need to you. figure well, out. We need to put the resources into solving. The you're right.
5: And the problem was solvable before.
8: We can do it again. You're right. And uh, they did uh, pepper the mayor. Our friend Eric Adams, my friend, about Your that f- yesterday. Looked like he was in a sneaker store. Bunch of sneakers behind him. Where was that, uh, Macedonia, Phil? Where was that? Where Eric Adams... Um, I don't know.
11: <laughs> like don't a Nike Intelli- store or something. Yeah, it looked like he's a sneaker store. There was like, a sneaker store, there's yeah. There's shoes behind him, like all draped
10: up. Right,
8: so. all brand new sneakers behind him. They started peppering him with questions about the subway safety yeah. based on this Fox News guy getting beat up. And here was Mayor Eric Adams' response. What do you say
12: to New Yorkers who say... This can't go on. We're afraid. We're afraid to take the
4: subways. We must make sure people feel safe. And as I say over and over again, uh, the best way to do that is to have that visible presence of a police officer. Uh, One of the incidents over the weekend, officers were there at the station. They were able to apprehend the person. Overwhelmingly, the number of crimes in our city, uh, they are repeated offenders. We have a revolving door system. We're going to continue to do our job, but we also must unbottleneck our criminal justice system and get dangerous people off our streets. All right, are you happy with that response? I am happy
5: with the response. I am unhappy with actually the fact that there is no action. Let's get the job done. Enough talk about this. You've been in office. This is your second year now. You need to get the job done. Otherwise, people are going to continue to get injured and killed on the subways. And look, violent crimes up 25 percent. The numbers don't lie. We can have a narrative, but... Use your leverage. Go up to Albany and get the job done. No. Get the job done. Why can't you get there the job are, done? There
8: are more cops on the subway. Right. Okay. Uh, the problem but is But crime is, is going that, up. Yeah, because you've got a lot of maniacs on the streets that were here for the eight years and Bill de Blasio was mayor. I don't
5: disagree, but he's had now more than a year to, get the, to actually see the, you, the reversal If you think in
8: one year, even your father admitted this to me just a couple of weeks ago. I said, Rudy, if you were this mayor now... Would you fix this in a year? He said, no way. If you guys think in one year this is Ma- going to be fixed, you're out of your minds, you Curtis, everybody. Look, I, I, it, it's not, it's, it's far from great, it's still very but, dangerous, but there are cops on the subway, I see them every day, but there's a lot of crazy people in this city for
5: many years, way before Eric Adams took over, that's the, that's the issue. Right. we got to get these psychos off the streets. But let's break through the narrative and let's go to the numbers here, right? Violent crime in the first year of Adams' administration, up 25%. Violent crime in the first year of the Giuliani administration? Down thirty-one. Right, but your father that's admits it was a different
8: city then. That there's more dangerous but, people on the
5: streets today than long, when your father took over. But how over. long are we going to make excuses for crime going up? We I, can't. I, I'd say another year. Uh, that, that's that's that you're Six talking months. about lives. You're talking about lives that's that are going to be But, lost Andrew, over Andrew, but all you,
8: you got to be realistic. You're not being realistic. I mean, comparing your father's numbers when your father, I've told you it more than once, has admitted it's a much more difficult job now. It's not fair to compare the numbers. And your father did an amazing job. I'm not comparing anybody to Woody Giuliani, but anybody who took over for Bill de Blasio after eight years of letting this city go well, David to completely crazy. David was not much
5: better. Let's put it that way. David right. Dinkins... David but no Dickens one was going to be able was to fix this. No one
8: was going to be able to fix this. Nobody.
5: Not even your dad. Well, Not in one year. Well, I, I would have liked to have seen violent crime get curbed rather than go up 25% and continuing to fair. go up. That's so, fair. So to me, this is a matter of, I, I really think that now in your second year, you own this. You want to talk about six months? You want to talk about nine months where you're trying to get the handles and figure all that out? I understand that. But in your second year, no more excuses. No more excuses for Mayor Eric Adams. I want to see the job and get it done. I don't want to see more lives that are going to get continue to get lost because you don't know what levers and buttons to actually pull. Use your leverage. Go down, go up to Albany, get the job done. Go down to D.C. and get the job done, Mayor Adams.
8: There I agree with. This is uh, is the make or break year. He's described himself he had a rookie year. Now this year he's going to be Aaron Judge. To me, that's a bit pie in the sky. You're not going to go from a struggling rookie to a guy who would 62 Just home runs. Just hit 250. Runs, the guy, exactly. The guy, the guy couldn't hit 100 right. last year. Hit
5: 250 for
8: me. It'd give me 20 home runs, knock in 70 runs, and right, hit 250. So we agree on that. This is the year for Eric Adams. Next year at this time with you, I don't want to hear a thing. I don't want to hear it. All right, coming up if, again. If crime's still up, you're going to hear it. Yeah, but I'm, going to be on your, I'm not going to defend him anymore. Yeah. That's it. Okay. No more defense. Uh, the mayor of Middletown, New Jersey, Tony Perry, coming up at 7.40. Miranda Devine, New York Post columnist, coming up at 8.40. Congresswoman Nicole Maliotakis coming up at 9.05. Plus Sid's take, Andrew Giuliani in studio, and the whole crew is here Tuesday morning with the number one Nielsen-weighted news talk show in New York City and the self-proclaimed best talk show in America, Sitting Friends.
4: This
1: is Sid and Friends in the Morning. But you say he's just a friend.
12: Oh, you're my best friend.
1: 77 WABC. OI.
12: The great Warren Zevon,
8: he would have been 76 years old today, but he's not because he's dead, so that's the end of that. But he was really good, Warren Zevon. So happy birthday to both Neil Diamond and Warren Zevon. So TMZ runs a story yesterday about my dear friend Joseph Tacopina, who will join us on Friday. Friends with uh, Tacopina for 42 years since we were little boys at Poly Prep. He lived on Bedford Avenue in Brooklyn. I lived on Quentin Road. And he's gone on to become the most famous and successful defense attorney in the country. And he called me about uh, two weeks ago on a Tuesday morning. It may have been two weeks ago today, now that I think about it. And he said, I'm on the way to the airport. I need your advice. I said, uh, what's up? So while well, I'm on the way to Mar-a-Lago to see uh, President Trump. I said, wow, good for you. He said, what should I do? I said, listen, this is not your buddy Arthur Idala looking to represent Harvey Weinstein. No disrespect, Artie, you're a great attorney. Or, um, you know, Ghislaine Maxwell. This is Trump. This is the president. This is this is huge for you. Absolutely do it. He was doing it anyway. He was on the way to the airport, but he wanted my opinion. And he uh, went to Mar-a-Lago that day. And he met with uh, the president and Eric Trump and a few other uh, Trump people. And he got there and he said uh, he's at dinner with the president. And he's texting me. I'm at Harbor Lights, Lou, with Danielle and Gabe. I was still living in Rockaway at the time. And he goes, I'm having dinner right now with Trump and his kid. And I'm telling the president, there's one show he needs to go on in New York. And it's your show. Sean Hannity gets no ratings in New York. I mean, none. Zero. Greg Kelly, all these Trump lovers on TV, they don't rate in New York. I rate. I'm number one. If there's one show in New York you need to go on, it's Sid show. That's just said. Trump goes, I'm all for it. Sounds great. Sounds terrific. Steve, Boris, blah, blah, blah. Get it done. Okay. Now, the next day I hear from Steve Chung. It's an old story. We're going on two weeks. I've had three or four text conversations with Steve Chung, and Trump is still not here. So TMZ reports yesterday that Trump has hired... Joseph Takapina, it's a big story, to represent him. I believe it's tomorrow. lago stuff, January 6th. It doesn't matter. So Takapina sends me a text conversation with Steve Chung yesterday that says, I saw the press release. I saw TMZ. It looks great. I'm excited to be aboard. But you still have to get the president for my guy, Sid, or this is not a deal. So I text Tak. I go, Joe, are you nuts? I love you. Thank you. That's a loyal friend, by the way. That's a very loyal friend. Right. But don't, don't blow a chance at representing Trump over my radio show. He goes, up. Oh, a promise is a promise. We're friends for 42 years. The president, to my face, promised he was coming on. It's going to get done. So I see Steve Chung respond, you know what? Last week was a rough week for President Trump. This week is kind of rough. We will do it next week. And Tack responds, basically, you
5: better or I'm off the, uh, I'm leaving. That's it. That (laughs) is a loyal friend, but I think also TAC understands, right? This is—I mean, it's very different from the legal advice that he's going to be giving the president versus actually the uh, the communications advice that he would be giving him in this uh, regard. But I really think he's given him the right communications advice. You want to come on this show if you want to be relevant in New York. Now I know we're talking about President Trump, and that's a very different uh, answer in terms of relevance. Uh, But I think in terms of endearing himself again to voters in New York and across the country, he absolutely should be coming on here. I think he should be coming on here monthly, to be perfectly honest. And you made the point, a too, biased, a couple –
8: well, You're on the show. Yeah, I'm a little And biased, you and I are, are best friends. But, but you also <laughs> made the point, not just me, to be fair. You talked about all the major cities, even ones launched by Democrats. Absolutely.
5: Yeah. I, think, I think when you are able to come on successful morning shows like this that have taken the heart of the city, that have gripped the imagination – ...of this city and the surrounding area, like Sid and Friends has, um, I think that in many ways you're engaging people's, not just minds, but engaging their emotions and so I would certainly be advising him to come on here to do the same thing in Chicago, do the same thing with our guys in Philly that we yep, talked to on yep. Friday. Lord knows they're pretty happy right now. Maybe he should actually go on next week because I'll be pulling for San Fran. <laughs> I can't pull for, pull for those Philly no, bastards, I. if you will. No,
8: I hate them, too. I, I, think,
5: I, I think they're going to win, but I'm, I'm pulling for uh, Rod Purdy. I don't know. My, my heart might be saying that the San Francisco 49ers might not be my head. Right. I'm win that football that's where right. I am. Hard know. San
8: Francisco, ahead Philadelphia. So there's a lovely young lady. Beautiful young lady. She was in studio with me last week. Her name is Elizabeth Pipko. Yeah. She happens to be best friends with Lara Trump, Guilfoyle. She knows the president Great very well. Great
5: interview yesterday with Lara. Great oh, thank interview. You. Thank I you. I was
8: tuning in Well, she's the one who set it up. Yes, yeah. Because Liz was furious that the president hasn't come on yet. She goes, I got to tell you, don't get involved. But Steve and Boris, these people in and around the president are not doing you many favors for years. She goes, I love President Trump, but he has not exactly surrounded himself over the years with the best people. So she goes, I'm not surprised to hear this. So she made some calls. And one of the calls she made was to Lara. And Lara supposedly placed a call to her father in law and said, We got to get this done. So, whatever it's worth, I got like 90 people working for me <laughs> in Palm Beach. But Lara well, Trump did come on yesterday. And he asked her specifically, it seems like. This time around, unlike 2016, a lot of the Trump family doesn't want to get into this. You know, like Ivanka was a major player. Jared Kushner, as you know, you worked with him, major player. They're not coming back. And I'm not exactly sure what Junior's role is going to be or Kimberly or Eric or Lara. So I asked her yesterday about the family's role in the 2024 Donald Trump presidential run. Here was her answer. Lewis, this is Lara Trump, cut number 20. One of the things I think that really helped Donald out back in 2016 was you guys. You look at you and Eric, very impressive, great kids. You look at Kimberly and Donald Jr., the whole family, it worked for him. But I'm starting to see now, Lara, that a lot of the kids are not going to be on board this time around. I think, for example, Ivanka and Jared, they're going to take a back seat. What is the family looking to do on this second run for the president?
2: Well, look, for for me, for Eric, I I can speak on on our behalf for sure. We're here to do whatever is is needed and wanted. And I think you're right. I think a lot of people got to know Donald Trump through his children. And I mean, you know, the fact that I'm even part of this is mind boggling. I got to tell you, I'm a A girl from a middle-class family in North Carolina, never in a million years did I expect to be part of a presidential campaign, a first family, any of it. The Bible tells us you can judge a tree by the fruit it bears. And Donald Trump has raised some of the most incredible children of people that I've met my entire life.
5: There you have it. I I think, Sid, you know, when we talk about public service and sacrifice, I think for the same reason that TAC called you up. And asked you what you think before he went down to Mar-a-Lago a couple weeks ago. Uh, it's the same reason why I think some of the family ha- is a little bit hesitant again, because I think there are few families, probably in the history of politics, that have made a bigger sacrifice by going to serve in a political role. We're not right. talking about actually right. going to serve yeah. in a military. I mean, role. Your, we know family, the your family sacrifice. has done that when you look at I you see, and your father. I see it right now. I see yeah. it with my father and what yeah. he's been able to do. It and you talk about somebody. Who just continues to get up day after day is as optimistic as I've ever seen. My father has every single reason to quit if he wanted to. And instead, he finds every single reason to persevere, to push on. Actually, he and Trump have a very similar mindset in that regard. I I heard him, I think I heard him with you actually describe this. Uh, A couple weeks ago in terms of how the president continues to be optimistic, look forward, see what he can do to help the country. Uh, My father certainly has the same mindset, but it's the same reason I think that a lot of the family is looking and saying, you know what? Four years in Washington, when you talk about Jared Novak and, and all the things they were able to accomplish and help the president accomplish, I just think the Abraham Accords, first and foremost. Oh, huge. I mean, think about this, Sid. Middle East peace used to be a joke. It used to be, ah, oh, let's get Middle East peace done, until actually Trump walks in there with the help of Jared Kushner, and they're able to actually sign five different countries on with Israel. And talking to the Israeli ambassador, they needed One more year to get another 15 countries on. One more year. Wow. So you can understand why it's dog years down there, especially in a Trump administration.
8: Hard to imagine that on Meet the Press with my dear friend Chuck Todd last Sunday during a conversation with Wisconsin Senator Ron Johnson, he tried to make the comparison between Hunter Biden and Jared Kushner. Yeah. Good luck with that one. Uh, I know I know Chuck's been good to you, but yeah. Chuck is, uh, Chuck's a commie, basically. No, no question about it. Listen, I killed him in my book. Yeah. I mean, I, I could separate the two. Right. And I love the guy because every time my career was, quote, unquote, over, one of the first phone calls I got, every time, was from Chuck Todd. Yeah. And I can't turn my back on that. But, but... He's a political hack. Yeah. He's awful. And his very sleepy eyes, according to my former boss. Yeah, I know that. Uh, Traffic is coming up next, Andrew Giuliani. But right now, it's time for the 77 WABC minicast clip of the day. Get the whole story in under 10 New York minutes. Download and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Today's minicast is from John, my man, Cats at Night, talking with the executive director of the Chinatown Partnership, Wellington Chen about how he's mad as hell about all the crime against Asians. By the way, in California, Asians against Asians. We'll get to that. But first, here's Katsimatidis and Wellington Chen.
13: There's so many things happening in uh, your area,
4: Chinatown, and things happened in California. Uh, Tell us, how are the Asian people, how are the Chinese people feeling about everything that's going on? I I think
7: uh, we are tremendously saddened, and I think we're shaken. Uh, Obviously, uh, even though it's thousands of miles away, the world is a very small, integrated place now. So what happens on one end of the coast uh, surely sends a a signal, a ripple effect to uh, the side of the ocean.
12: This episode is brought to you by Snapple.
1: and friends in the morning 77 WABC
8: So during the break Justin Alec is uh, yelling at me that we should have dis- we should be discussing these uh, two horrific tragedies out of the state of California where, for some reason, two crazy Chinese men went out and killed a bunch of people. I said, Justin, what is the talk show angle here? It's a news item. Deb is going to talk about it. No one is going to talk about it. But what is it? where do me and Andrew get into a conversation about two angry Chinese men shooting up people? One guy because he was jealous because his wife went dancing. You can't make that up. The next guy hates his job, which could happen here, by the way, at any time. And now there's
5: 20 people dead. What is the what is the conversation between me and Andrew? I'm just curious. Is that why Chad Lopez is sitting with us? Because yes. we're worried that somebody hates their job so much that the same thing that happened in California does not repeat? Uh, listen, it
8: all adds up. It all makes sense in, now. In the, in the almost seven years I've been here, and uh, this is unbelievable that I'm going on seven years. Oh, my God, today? No, I'm sorry. In two days. Two days, January 26th, is my seven-year anniversary at WABC, which for me is like 100 years. Those are dog years, Andrew. That's 98 years for me. I never lasted more than three or four years at any job, including end. I'm going on seven years here, which is an amazing uh, feat. But there's always been somebody here. Like every job where I said to myself, one day, it's all over. (laughs) Hanging on a thread.
5: <laughs> Hanging on the Isn't
8: the case with you, wherever you've been? Yeah, it feels the like White seven House. years so far. No, but the White House, you've worked with people, I'm sure, that you thought, oh my God, one day... Or since you've been here, like the program director, for example, Matt Meany, he's completely capable of killing everybody in this place.
5: Yeah, no, it's
8: very, <laughs> very scary. <laughs> it's, it's
9: definitely more now than ever. Oh, my God. It, it's, it's, people, people are closing all the doors as he walks down the hall. <laughs> he's looking for cover. Like, oh, not today, bro. Yeah, no, not no. today. No. It,
8: it is weird, though. We're going to celebrate the Lunar New Year here. We've got a big show coming up on Thursday. The Lunar New Year starts on Saturday. And these two violent crimes coming out of California with these uh, two Chinese men. And, of course, that's not coincidence. They did it on purpose. Let me go out on a celebratory night and start killing everybody. But, you know, for example, when when John was talking to Wellington Chen last night, we've got an issue here in New York with Asian people, Jewish people, innocent people getting beat up, mostly by black people, by the way, because we're honest on this show. This is not Asian hate. This is Asians attacking Asians, a little different, right? Yeah, I think it is a little
5: different. And uh, I think the timing, looking at this in terms of Lunar New Year, first off, there's your story on this. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it's, uh, it, you know, look, I, I would look at it from the heroic side. Look at that guy who ended up coming in and tackling this guy. Unbelievable. That was an unbelievable yeah. thing for this guy, who's also, by the way, 28 years old, comes in yeah. and <laughs> talks about the fact that, it's not the absence of fear that is courage. It's actually understanding you have that fear and still making the split second decision in order to do that. So, he's I mean, making
8: the uh, he's making the Fox news weather guy look really bad. <laughs> that guy jumped on a subway trying to protect he had, somebody, got he his ass kicked right by there. a bunch and of people. And teams. Now, now he gets kicked right, off the now, front page. Right. <laughs>
5: yeah, yeah, thanks.
8: Uh Chad Lopez is our boss, of course, and the vision behind the success of this station, John and Margot, the vehicle, I always say it, but the pit boss and the vision has always been Chad from day one since he hired me back in January of 2016. And uh, he's got to run this place and deal with these personalities every day. And he's done a, just an amazing job as the station continues. You know, just last week, there was a huge story. In um, what what is the uh, radio wink? Is that right, Chad? Was it Radio Wink that did the huge story with you and John? Yes,
14: inside Inside Radio,
8: Inside Radio yes. about the yes. success of this station. But you got to deal with these personalities every day. And I'm sure that every now and then you talk to somebody and go, oh, my God, this guy, this, uh, this could make for a very long afternoon. Yes, yeah, yeah.
14: I, I definitely don't <laughs> think anyone's going to come in and shoot anyone up because everyone's just happy here. It's a wonderful place. It, that's it's a true, family yes. and everyone <laughs> feels good about each other that's, here. So that is a that's good answer. That's definitely not going to happen. I'm, I'm, Better I'm, answer than I'm anything that KJ paid I'm actually pretty confident we don't even have to keep that. the doors locked yeah no, you know, I'm no, pretty no, confident. Good. No, yeah. you no. Know, one thing
8: about this place, when somebody becomes <laughs> <laughs> this hard, we get rid of them. That's it. You're out of here. That's it. We maintain the peace and yes. everybody is uh, very very happy. That, and we're enjoying
14: a tremendous success, tremendous as success be. as it should be. We're, we're having a great. Uh, we had a great year. We finished up a great year, and you know. So when you were saying that, uh, I was thinking. The first time I saw you when you came back with I missed the whole thing. And I'm like, this guy's crazy. I think he's actually <laughs> going to shoot people up or something. It didn't, it didn't have to be Lunar New Year's. It's yeah, just, it's talking just third every day person. for him. Um, but the, uh, the station, it's, it's done terrific. And uh, I think with John and Margo and what they did and they bought the station and made it, it's incredible. There's the success we've had just looking at some of the numbers with you and going through it. It's not even just about uh, how well we're doing in the ratings. It's what the station's been able to do in those communities and yeah. how it's impacted you know, New yeah. York City just and across the country in, in some aspects. So it's been really good for us. Well, Chad, I could
5: yeah. tell you – sorry to cut you sure, off yeah. there, Sid. I can tell you that I saw that on the campaign trail. I would yeah. see that every single day, even more than going on Fox. Whenever I'd come on with Sid in the morning, whenever I'd come on with John yeah. at the Cats Roundtable, I would hear that from the community. So it really is a way to create community – and that's what WABC yeah. is doing. Not just in New York, by the way. I have to tell you, all around the country. The last time I was in Florida a couple months ago, yeah. I'm walking on Palm Beach <laughs> Island, my wife and I, with little Grace. And guess what? Somebody yeah. said, I heard you this morning on with Sitting Friends. <laughs> yes, yes. And I said, uh, oh, my yes, goodness.
8: So, we're what,
14: everywhere. Yeah. Florida is one of our uh, largest uh, streaming markets. Yeah. 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 You know, across the country. A, a lot of yeah. the
8: uh, folks who listen to me down there listen to us every day here yeah. in New York. Since I came back in you know, 2016. I think when you're talking about the community something though, Chad, what it, and this is a John and Margo thing. Yeah. Whether it's the police... Whether Whether it's, you know, different ethnicities, we celebrate the Greeks, we celebrate the Jews, Puerto Rican, you name it. All those days do lend to the community appreciating who we are because we pay homage and respect. That is, uh, I know it's heartfelt. I know it comes from the right place. But it's also genius in that all these communities go, Hey. Those guys are talking about us. Those guys care about us. That's not going to happen at WOR Man, they're not going to. They're not going to put a whole day for the Jewish people here in New York. That is. That is great work out of you, John yeah. and Margo.
14: Well, you know, it, it's um, and thank you for that. Sid. It's, but I, I can't take the credit. It's everybody here. It's what you guys do. It's what the talent does, and you guys deliver it and you tell the story, and it, it sounds really good. Um, but I, I also. I always say, and you you know this, Sid. It's you speak from the heart, and that's what everybody does here every day. You speak from the heart. Uh, common sense prevails here, right? Yep. With John and yep. the truth and everything, and that's made a huge impact for us in New York City. I mean, the Mayor Adams made all right. You made friends with Mayor Adams, yeah. and, and you guys are that's, never did we ever think that Sid and Mayor Adams would ever be <laughs> friends, right? But, but they're good friends now. Curtis um, called it. Curtis yes. said. Yes. Curtis thought so. Yes, yes. Cur- Curtis he thought so. But what I like about it is you you can call and, and John does this well, and everyone is it's it's it, there's no reason to get angry and start yelling at each other. You can respectfully disagree with yeah. someone, and I think that's what this station does in a nice way, and it, and people appreciate it. Couldn't agree more. That is the genius behind the success <laughs> of this station. The man that hired me
8: back in 2016. Let me tell you, that was not an easy hire. There was a lot of guys here who okay. wanted to hire me. A lot. None of them had the balls to do it. This guy did. And now look at him. Now he's gonna go down in history as the greatest, the greatest <laughs> program director, executive, sales guy in the history of New yeah. York Radio for having which you had before. Because yeah. don't forget, this guy, Chad Lopez, is also a war hero. This guy was <laughs> uh, you are, you. you are how many years on that Thank boat uh, out there in the Pacific? Four years? Four years. Four years.
14: You were in Japan. Uh, yeah, My Japan. wife was going to run a marathon in Japan.
8: I, she was asking you about that a couple of days ago. Yeah. yeah. What in else Japan, were you besides Japan?
14: J- Japan, I, I went around the world twice on a ship. Around right? the, the world so twice. I'm, wow. I'm a shellback, right? Wow. So before you – you could be in the Navy for 20 years mm-hmm. and be considered a polywog, unless you cross the equator, and when you cross the equator – you become a shellback. Wow! Uh, so back then there was, you know, you, you went through a, a little bit of a, you know, a, a hazing, and yeah. um, and they stopped the ship. Well, they don't stop it, but it, it just slows down on the equator. It's hot, and King Neptune comes up and he sends you some orders, <laughs> and you got to crawl around the ship sh- ship for a day. Come on, which really? Save the trash for like two two weeks, and it stinks, and you're you're crawling around until you got to the. Top of the flight deck and, and then you the rite became a passage. poly you, yeah, the right right of passage. So, so no, matter wow. what, what, no matter what happened I mean, here, no matter what happened here
8: a No matter what happened here. It was not going to bother you. If no. you
14: did all that, no, no matter what happened yeah. here, it was yeah. not going to bother you. Well, no. Actually, this is a lot tougher than <laughs>
10: <laughs> New York City politics. Yeah, York Just right. to be clear, Chad
5: Lopez said he'd rather crawl around in garbage
13: <laughs> yes. on the equator right. than deal you're with right. some of the personalities you're here on here right about a daily that.
8: basis. 1-800-848-WABC. one 800 A special thanks to our boss, the great Chad Lopez, for stopping in this morning. Again, great show coming up. Three terrific guests, including... Nicole Maliotakis will talk to the mayor of Middletown, New Jersey. He is suing the state of New Jersey over bail reform. His name is Tony Perry. And Miranda Devine, the latest with Joe Biden and the documents. Sid Rosenberg, Andrew Giuliani, and the whole crew right here on New York's number one morning show, Sid and Friends in the Morning, only on Talk Radio 77 WABC.
1: Sid, and friends in the morning. 77 WABC.
12: Fly me to the moon. Let me play among the stars. Let me see what spring is like on Jupiter and Mars.
8: In other words... So this is the um, tweet that Nicole Maliotakis who's going to join us at 905... She put this out yesterday, texted me this last night. Entered U.S. illegally thanks to POTUS. Shoplifted, arrested, and released without no bail, or with no bail, thanks to Kathy Hochul. New York City taxpayers are paying to house and feed them thanks to New York City mayor. Democrats are ridiculous. That was Maliotakis' tweet yesterday, so join us at 905 to... Talk more about this, but in one tweet taking out Joe Biden,
5: Kathy Hochul, and Eric Adams. Yeah, I, I think she's, uh, she's on to something. I mean, look, this <laughs> yeah. is just a failure at all levels. And it's interesting because you know some of the messaging I could think about on my gubernatorial campaign – Uh, was not too different than the messaging with regards to Biden in in D.C. Unfortunately, it's just a lack of uh, a lack of getting the job done, understanding what needs to be done, maybe. Um, And the fact that we have a government that's so inefficient, so large, inefficient, that's not working for New Yorkers, whether it's New York City, New York State, whether it's the United States of America, major problem. Can't argue
8: any of that. 1-800-848-WABC. 1-800-848-9222. A great hour number one on a Tuesday. Coming up in the 7 o'clock hour, Bill O'Reilly's morning message. And the mayor of Middletown, New Jersey, he's got an interesting lawsuit against the state. In the 8 o'clock hour, we'll talk to Miranda Devine. In the 9 o'clock hour, Nicole Maliotakis and Sid's take. It's Sid and Friends in the Morning with Andrew Giuliani today, and we'll come right back with our number two, a little Frank Sinatra on the way out.
12: Spectacular!
1: This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. Oh,
12: no, I get by with a little Kick off even by lighting up. Oy, for my friends, the star of the show. Oi,
1: oi!
3: I spoke to a radio broadcaster famous here in New York, WABC. Sid Rosenberg. Oy,
1: this oy. is Sid and Friends in the morning. No, I get by with a little help from my friends. Seventy-seven WABC.
12: Ah, oh, crackling, Rosie, get on boy. Till there ain't no more to go Taking it slow And Lord, don't you know I'll have my time with a poor man's lady Hitching on a twilight train Ain't nothing here that I care to take along Maybe a song To sing when I want don't need to say please to no man for a happy tune. Oh, I love my rosy child. You got the way to make me happy. You and me, we go in style. Crackling rose, your are storeboard woman. But you make me sing like a guitar humming. Now,
8: my oh, and a happy birthday, 82nd birthday to the Lincoln High School, Brooklyn, New York product, Neil Diamond, as we start hour number two of the number one Nielsen-rated news talk show in New York City, the self-proclaimed best talk show anywhere in America. That's us. We're sitting friends in the morning, Andrew Giuliani. In uh, Today, he'll be here today and Friday this week. You know, my wife, beautiful Danielle, she's so cute. She gets up every morning, and uh, we've got this charity My son, Gabriel, you all know this already, was diagnosed with dyspraxia as a little boy, and he's doing great. You know, we went to the YMCA together on Sunday. We played a bunch of hours of two-on-two basketball games, and he hit shots, and we're competitive, and it's a whole lot of fun. But he's got dyspraxia, and he's got some physical limitations, and we found it out when he was just a little baby boy at Miami Children's Hospital, and we started this charity a couple of years ago. We went through all the rigors, making a 501C and all that stuff. And now it's a legitimate big-time charity. So every morning, Danielle gets up. First thing she does before she gets dressed and goes to work at a very prominent law firm and uh, does all the things she does throughout the day is she posts on the Spotlight Foundation for Dysproxia DCD website, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, a kind of an inspirational message of the day. And she'll always text me the first thing and say, "Good morning, I love you. Can you like my post?" So I go on, I like the post and usually comment something nice about the charity or Gabriel or something. And uh, when I get that post, I know the day is underway in the Rosenberg household. Yeah. I just got that uh, that text, so I just like the uh, the post. And of course, we want you to follow us, the Spotlight Foundation for Dyspraxia DCD on Instagram. Facebook, Twitter, all that good stuff. We've got a couple of really good events coming up this year. Last year, of course, we had that one dry run with no crowd at the baseball game. You were there yep. with your beautiful wife and your gorgeous little daughter. This year, we expect to do it with seven, 8,000 people on yeah. the stands. We're going to do a golf event, maybe a big dinner event at uh, Russo's on the Bay in, in um, Howard Beach. So a whole bunch of things planned for this year. But it's uh, it's an exciting, I guess, um, proposition to run something like that, knowing you're helping
5: millions of kids all over the world, inspired by your own child. Yeah, not only that, too. I've had the opportunity to meet Gabriel a couple of times now to yeah. get interviewed by him. And i got to tell you, this is a kid with tremendous talent. Oh, thank you, Tremendous talent. So it's good to know that Danielle played an influence in his life because he's got talent, <laughs> he I does. must say. He does. Thank, thank, you, you, thank you, Danielle. You, thank, thank you for thank doing you. everything you can. For, uh, for Gabe, Thank but really, it,
8: it is awesome. He's a great, great kid. He really is. And I miss my daughter. She's in college in Europe, and uh, she's doing great, and she'll be home sometime in June. John Castamartini always says to me, I told my kids, you go to college, don't go very far. And I think both Junior and AJ went to NYU, or Stern, one of those schools. Right. And uh, my daughter's in Europe. It's not <laughs> easy. So we, we do this uh, WhatsApp you know, because it's a lot cheaper. And we do this a WhatsApp FaceTime thing about 10 times a day. Yeah. And she's, um, she just got back from London for the weekend. She's going to Ibiza, Spain in a couple of weeks. She goes to Germany and all these places like you and I go to Brooklyn. Yeah. <laughs> she's living the life that uh, you couldn't even dream of living. And we're at home, you know, living in a hotel, six people in one room, like a bunch of uh, really migrants. At this point, Danielle and I and Gabriel are migrants. The only difference is is that we pay for our own dinners. Yeah. The migrants, they go out for a nice dinner. Eric Adams pays for it. Uh, me and Danielle, for example, I broke the streak yesterday, Lewis. The streak ended at 9. I was like the Cal Ripkin of Murray Hill Diner. For the first time in 10 days, I did not go to the Murray Hill Diner yesterday. But no
11: liver. No none. liver and
8: onions. Right. But for the second consecutive day after a steak salad for lunch on Sunday, last night's dinner Right next door, Wolfgang's. I got to tell you, Peter Luger, anybody who argues this is stupid, you're just stupid. I don't want to hear about any other steakhouse. Peter Luger in Brooklyn, not the one in Great Neck, in Brooklyn is number one. After that, I don't care where you go, but nothing compares to that. If I had to pick a second steakhouse, this one's in the money. Really? Wolfgang's, it is tremendous. Their filet mignon is perfect. I would even go as far as saying their cream spinach is better than Peter Luger. Really? Their bacon is great, and they make a pecan pie with schlag? Yeah. Let me tell you well, something, fuck. orgasmic, <laughs> Andrew. <laughs> well, I'm glad Here, last night was another good night. It was another good night, it <laughs> like. <laughs> but then we're back to our, our little hotel room yeah. with the clothes everywhere, and, you know, the uh, my buddy Rich Clift, who's actually doing the construction work in my house, they start today. Right. So this is uh, the beginning of a five-month job. And it's going to be gorgeous, but it has been really tough yeah. uh, on us. Really I tough, can't so.
5: imagine. I can't imagine yeah. what it's like to actually get thrown out like that, to be able to... Uh, it's, it's just tough. It really is. And, yeah. and you could see it. And you know, you talk about just the home-cooked meal, how nice that must feel. Yeah. And to just not have that. And Danielle's a great it's cook. It's terrible. When
8: yeah. I tell you, I mean, and she would cook every night. Right. She would get home from the firm at 7 o'clock at night. Yeah. Most women are like, listen, take cable to McDonald's, leave me alone. She would... Cook. Yeah. Throwing on her sweatpants and T-shirt. and She really a
5: superwoman, it sounds Superwoman. Like. She, yeah. and,
8: and she can make fish. She can make Italian dishes. She can make steak and pot roast and veal every night. Every, every night. That's gone. What do you miss the most of any, of any dish? What do you miss of the most? Of any dish. Yeah. Uh, probably, I know it's going to sound crazy, but I'm a very
5: simple guy. Yeah. And I love chicken cutlets. Yeah. I can have six or seven in one seating. Yeah. My wife loves chicken cutlets, too. She does? She loves it. Do you, you like chicken cutlet parmesan or just chicken cutlet? No, I
8: like chicken like cutlet bread. parmesan in the Italian restaurant. Right. But at home, Danielle makes a very thin oh, that's, chicken cutlet
5: that's, with mashed potatoes and favorite. vegetables. I love it. That's one of my wife's favorites. She loves he it. likes that? See, I like the chicken parmesan. With obviously the sauce off, yeah, sauce the off yes, it there. yes. But my wife just loves it nice and just kind of nice thin. Nice and thin. Exactly. Yeah.
8: Once in a while, a nice salad on top, which yes. of course is known as the, yeah, what is that called? Uh, when you put the salad on top of the chicken, it's a chicken cutlet basically with a salad on top. Chicken, uh, marsala, molognese, molognese, that's right. Well, I tell you, tell. lately, when I go to Italian restaurants, I've gone away from the chicken parm. Yeah. And I do the chicken with the vodka sauce. Yeah. And cheese. Yeah. Delicious. It's, it's really delicious. Yes, yeah, So I missed that. So the cover of today's New York Post, Andrew, right up your alley, reads, You will yet believe this. Yeah. FBI agent who probed fake Russiagate Trump case arrested, you ready for this? For helping a Russian oligarch. So here you got the document story yeah. where Joe Biden takes Donald Trump to task, and it turns out Joe Biden has done the same exact thing and then you get some guy who's beating up Trump over his Russia ties, who's actually tied to Russia.
5: Yeah, how good does Donald Trump feel this morning? Uh, I mean, doesn't this sound like Struck and Page and, and McCabe all over again? Yeah. right. It sounds just like the same thing. This guy McGonigal is charged with money laundering and violating U.S. sanctions. Basically, what he was doing was he was a lead blocker for uh, one of the Russian oligarchs in 2014. This guy uh, Derip- Deripask. Deripaska, Deripaska, Deripaska. Uh, and he kept him. Here's one of the big questions in the article that I have. In 2014, he told this Deripaska that he was going to be on the uh, the no-fly list, basically. What is the no-fly list? Basically, the, the sanctions list for the U.S. The guy didn't get on the list until 2018. That four-year window, uh, and it's not exactly clear in this article or anywhere else they've detailed this. I'm sure this will come out throughout the proceedings, but what effort did McGonigal have in those four years and also how much money did not just Deripaska but McGonigal actually make off of this. But it really is kind of like, you know, they continue to project, the FBI continues to project what they've claimed Trump has done and actually do the exact same yeah. thing that they were claiming Trump <laughs> did. I mean, that, irony, as the post says, irony is not dead. The
8: irony is not dead edition. And in terms of the document story, me personally, I've had enough. I don't care. Uh, It's not going to mean anything. Donald Trump is not going to get in big trouble. Now he's got Takapina over the document story. Neither is Joe Biden. And it turns out that uh, Macedonia Phil, a man of many, many talents... He agrees
5: with, with me. Which talents? I, I don't know exactly I've been listening what they to show are. i yeah. for a long time. Yeah, I don't even I keep know hearing that, too.
8: People are like, you're <laughs> very talented. Yeah. I don't yeah, really I'm not sure really what they either. are. You're, you're, you've singular? had enough of this, uh, document, story too, right? enough of this uh, document
11: story, too. Is that right? I had enough of the second day we talked about Yeah, it. second day, right. I'm, I'm sick of it.
8: Tell Andrew and the listeners uh, a better story about how your father was dealing with some Greek businessman yesterday. Not John Katsimatidis, but a Greek businessman yesterday. And somehow, Macedonia Phil, his own son. Becomes
5: part of the conversation. Business must not be good if you're becoming part of the conversation. I just want to start off with that.
11: I don't know. It's weird. This is like the first time I got like recognized. Um, Pretty cool, right? I guess. Oh, uh, you love it every second not of really. it. Not like, really. I don't like when people have attention. I don't like oh, stop have too it. much you love attention. It. Tell the story, Dick Face. Well, <laughs> well my, my dad's a truck driver in New York, so we have bounced around all over the city. Uh, he was in Queens yesterday. And as there are a lot of Greek people in Queens, he was working uh, dropping off. Is some, that Astoria, to be exact? I, I don't know. I don't. I don't remember. He, he told me he was just in Queens. Because Astoria is a huge Greek population. Well, they, they, they I used
8: to work there, me and Lewis. That was the yeah. WFAN studios. That's be where and it Astoria is. studios, got to be. It's got to be. Yeah. 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 There's just a ton of
11: people, Greek have, people have, in God Queens forbid, in Phil knows. No, I, I have no idea. <laughs> I have zero information. Yeah. Okay. And no, he was just, you know, he was dropping off stuff for the guy, and then they were making small talk and. Uh, talking, you know, about, like, you know, you live here, where are you from? He said, no, I live in Jersey, but my son lives here because I moved to Brooklyn recently. He goes, oh, wh- why'd, why'd your son move to Brooklyn? Like, you know, what's the point of him moving? Oh, he works for a radio station uh, in, in the city. He goes, which radio station? He goes, WABC. He goes, wait, wait, wait. Who is your son? And he goes, uh, well, on air, they call him Macedonia Phil. <laughs> and immediately, they, my dad said to me, the guy, like, his eyes,
5: like, bulged up. He's like, he's like, shut the F up. Your son is Macedonia Phil? Look what we built. So do you have a requested appearance somewhere? That's what I want. It's coming next. Is that next? Is that
11: not. up? I'm I'm no showing anything. I'm going to take the money, pay me up front, and I'm not going to come. See, I love this
8: type of stuff because the one thing that I miss, I miss built this amazing tree. You're a big sports fan, Andrew. You know, like the Bill Walsh tree, the Bill Parcells tree, all these coaches. Well, these assistant coaches, Bill Belichick, for example, was the defensive coordinator for Bill Parcells, something he's the best coach ever. Um, so you have these trees in Radio 2. No one's tree comes close to Imus. Mm-hmm. Imus's tree includes Mike Breen, Mike Francesa, Chris Russo, Sid Rosenberg, Bernard McGurk, Rob Bartlett, Lou Rapino. Goes on for days, Ian Eagle, for days and days. But I've got like four or five big-time players now. Victor Bermudez down in Miami. He's won three Emmy Awards at Telemundo. Wow. Joy Taylor who worked alongside Colin Coward for many years. Mm-hmm. Now has her own show called Speak on Fox Sports. She was mine. Chris Olivero, who runs every major New York station from 1010 Wins to CBS 880 to WFAN. He was my intern back in 2000. So I'm starting to develop a little bit of a tree. right? And when my guys go on to do... Luke Lograno, now works at ESPN. He's a nobody and he's fat, but he's got a job. Uh, so <laughs> when my guys go on to do big things... I get very, very excited, and maybe Macedonia Phil
11: will be my next big success. i uh, don't hold your breath yet. I'm what do you mean this guy in Astoria loves you? Yeah, I guess I have. I have a fan. I, you know, I had a couple fans. Like when we went out to uh, when Curtis was protesting outside, I had, a, I had a fan. Oh, you're Macedonia Phil? I was like, Please don't talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> That's not what I want to do right now. I don't even want to be outside filming Curtis in the rain. But
8: so, do you, have you considered when you leave the radio station? Just sticking with Macedonia Phil now other people know you like that, you're just, just going to be Phil. Huh? You should well, go with Macedonia Phil. I
11: never liked Macedonia Phil to begin with.
8: I know, but look what it's doing for you,
5: bro. You were a nobody. I'm still a nobody. Bob, but you've got three fans. Yeah, you I got a few true. fans. i got three. You could, <laughs> you could release a up. book or maybe a pamphlet or something <laughs> like that now, like a pamphlet. I would get a signed pamphlet from you just to make yourself feel a little better. See, for you, it's no big deal,
8: Andrew, because your whole life you've been a star. When you were a little boy, before you even knew what it was, your father was so huge and still is, by the way. Right. SNL's doing bits on you, your father's the man. You've only been a star your whole life. Yes. You've never gone unrecognized ever, right?
5: Ever. Uh you know what? I have been able to, but it is uh it is bizarre, I think, when people are around you and they see that wait a second, this person's getting recognized and this yeah. and yeah. and uh it's uh it's it's a little bit of a different mindset. It's almost it's weird because you know it's not normal, but it is your normal, of right? Of course. It's, ever since it's you're seven you know. years old, it's right. the only thing you know. Right. So uh, when people ask it, what's that like growing up in that? It's like, that's the only thing I know. What's it like growing up in, yeah. in a yeah. you know, normal relationship, normal, right. normal household?
8: Right. So, I mean, not, not that your, your household was necessarily over the top. No. But your father no. is a legitimate, huge name in New York and political history. I mean, huge. Yeah. Huge. You score a lot of chicks at Duke because of that? Well, oh, you know.
5: <laughs> I uh make sure
8: he's not listening. It, it, you sell a pamphlet know. or two. <laughs> well,
3: well, you know. A couple pamphlets. A couple pamphlets. I'll <laughs> we'll put it that way.
5: Uh, I uh, probably probably not the best time to to mention this, but I was very close with the. Lacrosse team and defended them. Oh, I, I, that remember, that. I yes. remember that. I remember that. But they turned out to be innocent, though. Of course. Right? Completely yes. innocent. Yes. 100%. Right. I would actually say. Was that
8: Rolling Stone when, magazine? Who was the, the one after them and made it ugly
5: when it shouldn't have been? It was Rolling Stone was the one with Virgin, in Virginia. Oh, Virginia, where, where that's where they right. But the, right. uh, the woman was, uh, yeah, anyway. Rape, but, the rape case. Yes, exactly. Yeah. The alleged no, rape you, case. you had Sharpton going down there. You had Jesse Jackson going down there uh, yeah, before yeah, yeah. even the team had the opportunity to speak out. Actually, it was really one of the first examples of what happened to Kavanaugh. Uh, that's happened time and time again of the media coming out and just immediately, immediately nailing these guys. And I think one of the reasons why it was such a big story that spread so fast was because it was the first time that really social media, Facebook was around, yeah, really got involved, right, and that's, that's why right. it spread yeah. like wildfire yeah. before the team even had the opportunity to defend themselves. i tell you what, you know, when football's
8: over for most of my life, I would dive headfirst into college basketball. Yeah. I love college basketball from... Watching Chris Mullin at St. John's as a little boy going up against Patrick Ewing in Georgetown. That sport, more than any other, is completely different. Yeah. It's over. In fact, Sunday I put on, or Saturday, Duke at Cameron hosting Miami. Yeah. I didn't recognize the players. Didn't recognize the head coach. There's no Mike Shashevsky There's no Bobby Hurley. There's no Christian Leitner. There's the, no Grant Hill. The best
5: part of it was hearing Dickie V. Yes. know though Dickie V you know, he's a little bit
8: hoarse these yeah, days. Yeah, he was great, but it's, it's just not the same anymore. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, we're going to talk to the mayor of Middletown, New Jersey. He is suing the state of New Jersey. It's an amazing story. You're not going to want to miss it. Tony Perry is coming up right after Bill O'Reilly, right here on Sid and Friends in the morning.
10: Bill O'Reilly here and I'm warming up. Stand by for the O'Reilly Update Morning Edition. On this Tuesday over the weekend, I watched the 1961 movie Judgment at Nuremberg, a brilliant film with a powerful message for today's America. Spencer Tracy stars as an American judge heading a tribunal hearing evidence against four Nazi judges. Tracy is under enormous pressure to give light sentences to the Germans each of whom allowed crimes against humanity. Their defense was they were operating under the law imposed by the Third Reich, they had no choice. The Nazis in the end are sentenced to life and Tracy explains the dignity of the decision by defining what true justice really is. It's supposed to ignore politics and favoritism. The mandate is punishment must fit the crime. Rationalizations are no excuse for hurting people. Today in America, the justice system is falling apart. We routinely see prosecutors fail to protect us from guilty criminals. We're witnessing a politicized FBI and attorney general. Honest outcomes in criminal courts are increasingly in doubt as guilty people often walk free. The same is true in civil court where legions of dishonest lawyers try to destroy people for money. Rarely are these defamers and perjury accommodators Sanctioned by the legal system. This is an incredibly serious problem. If things continue to decline in the American justice system, anarchy will emerge. That is the Morning O'Reilly Update. More analysis later on.
1: Entertaining and informative. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning, 77 WABC. Friends!
8: Tony Perry is the mayor of Middletown, New Jersey. 2023 marks his fifth consecutive year as mayor. He's the longest... Serving mayor in more than half a century. And now he's suing the state of New Jersey. I love this guy. So Tony's going to join us coming up at 740. Andrew Giuliani, who will be in with me uh, twice a week. Uh, This week will be Tuesday and Friday. We'll see moving forward what days they are. And uh, why is he here? Because I love him. He's great. There's no question about that. He's great. But I love him. And if uh, I didn't love him, he wouldn't be here. And if he wasn't great, he wouldn't be here. But he's both, so it makes it easy. And now he tells me that next Monday he shares a birthday with the guy he ran
5: against in that tremendous gubernatorial race, Lee Zeldin. Yeah, who was one of the first people actually to congratulate me. Uh, When it came out that I was going to be a friend of Sid and WABC. Well, not just
8: me. I know you're on with me twice a week now. You're going to be doing John's show at night, I think, a little bit, right? And I I told Chad, he agreed with me, you should have your own show, too. At Ah, least one hour a week, Andrew Giuliani on your own, working with me, great. I couldn't be happier. John couldn't be happier. But you should have your own show, too, so... We have what? to figure that out. Fire somebody else and put him on. That's all. <laughs> I'm not that's talking it. about
5: you, Macedonia Phil. We can't fire you.
8: <laughs> You're too interesting. No, he's on here. the show you... already. We yeah. need to fire somebody who's on the schedule. I wish and I had give an you hour.
5: that hour. I was just thinking fire of Macedonia Phil. Yeah, it just came to my head. So just, what yeah, what you would you, would you do, do that. with that hour, Phil? I'm just
8: curious if we, we did do that and gave you an hour. Maybe he'll be my first
5: guest. <laughs> Maybe that's it. We
8: figured it you out. You want Phil?
11: What would you talk about? Just lazy, Phil. I would talk about stories. Uh Uh-huh. From, you know, who knows? Very good. His stories? Don't put me on the spot like this. (laughs) (laughs) We'll do it again.
8: So we, we talked about this document scandal last segment. I'm basically done with it. Phil feels the same. And the truth is, is that with all the talk and the back and forth, it is hypocritical. Of Biden mm-hmm. to go after Donald Trump the way he did on 60 Minutes, right. when, in fact, he's done the same thing, maybe worse, because he took home documents as a senator and as a vice president, where you don't, And O'Reagan Reagan changed it, right. but don't really have the authority to declassify that. Let's say it's not worse. It's exactly the same thing. Mm-hmm. He's still a hypocrite, but it is still a major story out there, and your friend, who you were closely with at the White House, Kellyanne Conway, yep. was on Fox talking about this yesterday the comparison between Joe Biden and Donald Trump in what they did. And here is what your friend, Lou Rapino, Kelly and Conway, had to say. Cut number six.
3: Can everybody just stop answering questions about Joe Biden the documents with the five words Trump, 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 Trump? There's no reason to compare the two. Let's compare what Biden should have done under the law. It's negligently handling the documents. They've not been transparent and accountable. And the fact, the fact today is we don't know if there are any more documents. We is everyone on this panel. We is the President of the United States and everyone in between.
5: Also, there wasn't a cra- compromised crackhead who was uh, who had access to oh the my documents. God. That's the truth. Now, who would that be? Uh, <laughs> who would that be? Let's see. Who am I talking about? Talk about yeah. Phil. No, yeah. Hunter Biden is who I'm talking
12: about. <laughs> yeah, no, you're so, right about uh, that. No,
5: and, and the truth is, we have pictures of him literally right there. We know what Hunter was doing from the business perspective, and they did have access to those documents. So that's why, to me, This is not over yet, because I just want to see who actually, if we can figure anything else, who who else saw these potential documents and whether or not it was actually a mistake that Biden made. If it it was a mistake, then I think it's similar to what happened with Trump, with the one difference still being that the president can declassify, the vice president can't. But was there intent? Was there a real reason why he took those documents or maybe Biden was getting paid on that? That is a bigger story, whether or not we could prove that or not. That may never come to fruition, but it certainly, at the very least, proves the
1: hypocrisy.
8: All right, Andrew, traffic is coming up next. And once again, the mayor of Middletown, New Jersey, Tony
1: Perry. Talk Radio 77 WABC.
8: Tell him, oh, my God, a Chinese menu in his hand. I just realized that. <laughs> oh, my God. I school. cold. Ay, ay, ay. The great Warren Zibon, he would have been 76 years old today, but he's not because he's dead. Our next guest was great on Fox News yesterday. I saw this guy go, we got to get this guy on our show the next morning. He's been the mayor of Middletown, New Jersey now for four years. 2023 marks his fifth consecutive year as mayor. That is the longest-serving mayor in more than half a century. This guy's a rock star in Middletown. His name is Tony Perry, good-looking guy. And he's suing the state of New Jersey over bail reform. To me, that's a hero. He's worked closely in the past with Chris Christie, FEMA, the Office of Emergency Management. So he's been a Jersey guy through and through. But this is a really, really good and heroic cause Tony Perry, welcome to Sid and Friends in the
13: Morning, buddy. How are you? Sid, thank you, my friend. What an introduction. I need you to introduce me at everything I go to. That's <laughs> I, I get that all the time, but it's true. I mean, what you're
8: doing here is we were just having that conversation. We're wondering if Eric Adams can do the same thing and, and sue the state of New York. We've got the same issues here, obviously, and the same bail laws you've got in the state of New Jersey. So are you suing the state and Phil Murphy? What is exactly the lawsuit about?
13: So this lawsuit is technically goes right to the actually to the Constitution of New Jersey and Trenton and and the legislature and the governor are not allowed to create any laws that actually place an unfunded mandate on municipalities, counties, school boards, so on and so forth. Now, they do all the time that Trenton loves to do unfunded mandates, which means they pass these laws, they require us to do something, and they require Middletown taxpayers or all the other 564 municipalities in the state of New Jersey to pay for it because they think it makes somebody somewhere feel good about themselves. So we are suing under that legislation that says you can't create a law that is an unfunded mandate if you don't pay for it. And right now, the bail reform laws that are plaguing towns, boroughs, cities up and down New Jersey are costing taxpayers millions of dollars in the state of New Jersey. Right here in Middletown, it is costing us over $350,000 just this year to battle the horrible bail reform laws that are defending criminals and, and helping make safe communities places that are undesirable to live because of these laws.
5: So what's crime look like in Middletown, New Jersey? This is something, by the way, I talked about a whole lot on the campaign trail. I think it's fascinating. I'm very interested, as Sid pointed out, to see if this is something that Mayor Adams could use at his disposal if he wanted to with regards to Albany. Obviously, two different state constitutions, so I'd look more into that. Uh, But what does crime look like in Middletown? And I believe Middletown's in Monmouth County, is that right?
13: We're here in Monmouth County. We're the largest municipality in Monmouth County. We're the 16th largest municipality in the state of New Jersey. And in Middletown, we have been hit by auto thefts, by catalytic converter thefts. Uh, And now, because Trenton has done nothing, you're seeing these criminals become more brazen. They're now entering people's homes to look for the key fobs. Because early on, during during this surge, you were seeing People say, well, people can't leave their key fobs in their vehicles because the criminals know that the side mirrors come in when the car is locked on some of the high-end luxury cars. You can't just leave your key fob in there. And I just don't remember a time in my life where we defended criminals for actions because of somebody else's (laughs) actions, right? It's unbelievable. You know, what America are we living in (laughs) when we say, well, you shouldn't have done this, and then that's why, you know, this criminal – committed a crime like what 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 does that mean so but now they're entering people's homes their homeowners are confronting these these criminals and it is only a matter of time before somebody gets hurt before somebody gets killed and is trenton want to be known as the capital that did something because someone died or did something to prevent someone from dying and It is just so sad to see. I I have been getting text messages and calls from mayors and elected officials all across the country trying to join this effort because their states have similar Uh, elimination of cash bail that is just putting these criminals right back out on the street. I
8: want to ask you too, Tony, about other politicians in the state of New Jersey and some other towns that I'm familiar with closer to Bergen County that are going through the same exact thing. He is the mayor of Middletown, New Jersey, Tony Perring, and in a very heroic fashion, he is suing The state of New Jersey over these bail laws. What a great job here, Tony Perry. More with Tony on Sid and Friends in the Morning with Sid Rosenberg and Andrew Giuliani. Happy birthday, Warren Zevon. We'll be right back.
1: Talk Radio 77 WABC. 7.50
8: on your Tuesday morning, New York City. You are listening to the best talk show anywhere in America for free. How lucky are you? Sitting friends in the morning on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Tony Perry is the mayor of Middletown, New Jersey. Going into his fifth year, he is suing the state of Jersey. You know, Tony, I used to live many, many years ago in uh, Tenafly, in Bergen County, and I loved living there. Beautiful neighboring towns, Englewood, Alpine, Demarest, a lovely area. And my friends and family tell me that in that uh, county, you're in Monmouth, that's in Bergen, they're going through the same thing, breaking into houses, stealing cars, and there have been some violent crimes in Alpine. So I wonder, other politicians in New Jersey, Tony, have they called you? Are they hopping aboard with something as important as this?
13: Absolutely. And, and it's not just, you know, I, I'm an elected Republican. It's Republicans and Democrats alike because they know that, right, the, the old thing is all politics is local. And, you know, we have to get to a point where public safety is the number one priority of every single elected official, whether you're a Republican, Democrat, or independent. It, it has to be number one, and if it's not, Um, You you know, if it's not, they really have to to reprioritize and and rethink and and potentially, you know, look for for new people to represent them because we are missing the ball on this topic. And unfortunately, we uh, you know, it's a shame to see when public safety becomes a uh, becomes a political football. And that's what this has become. And it's evident by the lack of any progress in Trenton to to get legislation passed to amend and fix this failed bail reform
5: system. Mayor Perry, if you would just flesh out the base of the lawsuit a little bit more, because the one question that I had was when you think about bail reform, you think about police being more tied up, less that they can do. You'd think that actually would cost taxpayers less directly. So what is the basis for the cost of taxpayers you say $350,000 for Middletown what is the cost of where do where do the taxpayers see those costs raised
13: Well the the huge demand by my residents to me and to to the governing body was in extra patrols to to put an extra police officer two three extra police officers on duty during the targeted times that we see these crimes being committed and you know, that we are, have two parkway exits uh, for Middletown at exits 109 and 114. And that is why Middletown is, is an attractive town for these people to come and steal is because very quickly they can hop on the parkway and they can be off. And last year, as a result of mayors coming together at my town hall for a, a previous press conference about this very topic, the governor and the attorney general changed some of the policies that they were not allowing police officers to do high speed chases on on these types of criminals. Remember that. On the yep. yep. And while I, I can understand and I can see both sides of that equation, you, you, you put other people's lives in danger by having another vehicle. Traveling at high speeds. I totally get that. But why advertise that? Right, why true. tell the stupid. criminals, stupid. you know what? We're not going to yeah. chase you. So the minute you get on the parkway, you're home free. Yeah. You're showing the you're playbook. You're, you're showing the playbook. Exactly. Right. Yeah. It, 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 yeah. it it, it's the New York Giants showing... Showing the Eagles their entire playbook, you know. The, the, the I think they did. That I think actually. that happened. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sadly.
8: My buddy Jack Manzo checks in. He goes, last month Alpine had three home invasions while the owners were home. Maybe other New Jersey mayors can get behind this guy Tony Perry. Uh, on the way out, I don't know if you know this Tony, but uh, I almost single-handedly—really, I'm being honest here—almost single-handedly got Jack Chitterelli as the next governor of New Jersey. He made that race against Phil Murphy very, very, very close with the help of Jack Manzo and uh, shocked a lot of political people around the country. So clearly, New Jersey is ripe for the taking. he's going to run again for governor. What are your thoughts on Jack coming back in a couple of years?
13: Oh, well, listen, Jack is a, is a close friend. He has been for a long time. When I was working in the legislature, he was an assemblyman. And I was working for State Senator Joe Carlos at the time. And then I was one of the first Monmouth County elected officials to endorse Jack. Uh, you know, he, he's been a great friend. He, he ran a, a tremendous race uh, two, you know almost two years ago now. And, you know, I'm glad that he's getting back into it because this is exactly what Jack was talking about, about the lawlessness and about the message that we were sending to not only our residents who are just hoping for, to keep their families safe in, in New Jersey these days, but also sending a message to the criminals that this wasn't going to fly under Governor Chitterelli. And Jack at our press conference uh, on the 17th stood right there, right by us, and he was there to support us uh, as a mayors and elected officials, again, as a bipartisan group. And, you know, it's just great to see that Jack is still out there. He's continuing to, to message this you know it's, a, it's an important message and it, it crosses both parties and i really believe that if you have the right candidate going after uh this message of public safety public safety public safety you are going to see a jack Chitterelli in the governor's seat Uh, in in just a few short years.
8: so Tony, about 60 seconds to go. I know you work closely with the former governor, Chris Christie, who has been both a friend and a foe of mine and my former partner, God rest his soul, Bernard McGurk. coming to you live, by the way, from the Bernard McGurk studio. Uh, It's been a while since I've spoken to Chris because from one day to the next, I don't know who he is. He could be on Good Morning America one day bashing Donald Trump and the next day saying nice things about the Republicans. What is your relationship these days with former governor, Chris Christie?
13: Well, I you know I've seen the governor a few times socially at different events, but you, you know New Jersey's Republican Party is moving forward, and and the governor had uh, you know eight eight years that I got to play a small part in, especially during the recovery of after Superstorm Sandy. But you know we we also have to find the next Republican governor. Uh, governor Christie is is off doing other things. It's time that we find. The next Republican governor of the state of New Jersey so that we can write this ship. It seems like every so often a Republican has to come in and, and kind of write the ship after so many years of of mismanagement and, and, you know, excessive spending. I mean, just one quick note. When I worked in the governor's office, I think that the state budget was $40 billion. Uh, it's well over $55 billion, <laughs> I believe, at this point in time. Of course it is. So, you know, you, you think about the the craziness that no. yet we still have an, an un, unfunded pension system, underfunded pension system. We still have rising property taxes, uh, underfunded schools. You, you know, at, at some point somebody's got to come in and just be the adult in the room and, and maybe not have their eye on the White House uh, one of these times it would be great so that we can focus on 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 the great state of New Jersey.
8: Well, you one day maybe should run for governor. Listen to you. You are very impressive. Tony Perry, my man, the mayor of Middletown, New Jersey, going into year number five. No one's done that in over 50 years, and I can tell why. I mean, man, you are very impressive. Thank you for this lawsuit. Thank you for standing up for the people of New Jersey. New Yorkers feel the same way. Continued success. Go kick major ass, Tony Perry. Thank you
13: so much. Thanks, Sid. Thank you. Really appreciate joining you guys this morning.
8: You got a pal. Tony Perry right here on Sid and Friends in the Morning doing a yeoman's work there in the state of New Jersey. Still so many great things to come on this program, including next hour. Well, we got a couple of uh, couple of great guests coming up in uh, the 8 o'clock hour and the 9 o'clock hour. 9.05, we'll talk to Nicole Maliotakis. What a tweet she sent out yesterday taking out Joe Biden at the federal level, Kathy Hochul at the state level, and Mayor Eric Adams at the city level. She'll be here at, um, at 9.05. We've got a guest coming up at uh, 8.42. All that and more sitting Friends in the morning, the Tuesday edition with Andrew Giuliani. And I'll be back right after these short messages.
1: 77 WABC. This is Sit and Friends in the Morning. No, I get by with a little help from my friends.
8: Where well, the hell is Corey Zeldick going to need him? The Knicks are hosting the Cavaliers tonight. I moved back to the city weeks ago. My son Gabriel has become a diehard New York Knicks fan. Last Wednesday night, for example, the Knicks were hosting the Wizards. So I called Corey and I said, uh, Corey, you know, you promised me and gave tickets. He said, oh, man, I'm sorry. I gave him away. I said, okay, that's fine. You got tickets. I mean, I mean, so. But when I found out who he gave them to, I wanted to vomit.
9: No,
8: I can't wait. <laughs> turns out Oh no,
9: I know. <laughs> yeah, oh now yeah. I remember. Yeah. <laughs> oh. so,
8: <laughs> turns out he goes, I gave him to your guys. I go, My guys? He goes, Yeah. I gave tickets to Matt Meany, Justin Ellick, Macedonia Phil, and Mike Dadino. I said, You did what? <laughs> My guy is Gabriel. What do you mean? my guy? I love these guys. Don't get me wrong. So tonight, the Knicks host the Cavaliers, but I haven't heard from Corey just yet. And that song you just played, Metropolis, which I believe is by The Church. Correct. Correct. They're an Australian band. What's funny about that is, is coming up at 840, the best columnist in the country. Michael Goodwin is very, very good. But Miranda Devine is just a little bit better. And she's Australian. You always find a way to include some Australian band, but I think you went premature australianization as bo Dietl would say <laughs> and you went with the church at 805 instead
9: of 840 so now we're gonna do it 840 well i think there's been other australian bands besides you think so right the, yeah there's yeah. about five million i know she
8: loves olivia newton john for that's where she does love, and she did pass away last year so which is really really sad this is the tuesday edition of Sid and friends in the morning the crew is here andrew giuliani here as well we've discussed every major topic out there today, from the documents to the Russian, uh, the American guy who gave Trump a hard time. Turns out he's in bed with a Russian oligarch. I played some of the Larry Trump interview I did yesterday, Kellyanne Conway. We've discussed it all. For you, if you were hosting this show solely today, Andrew, what is the story of the day
5: for you? I think it's the FBI and and, uh, this guy McGonagall who... Actually, is accused of helping the Russian oligarch. I mean, when you're talking about money laundering and violating U.S. sanctions, uh, especially considering this guy was investigating Trump for the fake Russia hoax, as we know about. I'm actually really interested. I know this was not a Miranda story, but I'm really interested to hear Miranda Devine's take on this specifically. Because, again, and we talked about – I feel like we talk about this every single week where we just see more and more layers of the FBI being a political organization. It's almost like they can't prove it to us anymore, that they're not law enforcement anymore, that they're politics. And again, this is not so many of the agents. So many of the agents are good. Unfortunately, what we're seeing, though, is this guy was the head of counterintelligence, of uh, cyber counterintelligence for the New York office. You're talking about the guys that are at the top, that seem to be politically infected at the FBI, which is... Such a massive problem for our country,
8: starting with Chris Ray, of course, yeah. and the irony here is, what a week for Donald Trump. When you consider that Joe Biden was on 60 minutes not that long ago, right. taking Trump to task over the documents, now he's done it, mm-hmm. and then you get this guy who accused Trump of something he didn't do, this guy actually did it. Yeah. So what a week for President Donald Trump. Yeah, what a great week. You know, talking about that, I did have Lara on the show yesterday, and we talked about a variety of things, the family's responsibility coming back, what their expectations are. And we did talk about Ron DeSantis, Mm -hmm. the DeSantis factor, which is always in Trump's head. Here is Lara Trump from yesterday's show with me. This little was cut number 21, the DeSantis factor when it comes to Donald Trump.
2: I live right now in the state of Florida. I would like to keep Ron DeSantis as my governor in Florida as as long as possible. Because you're right, he has done a great job running Florida, but anyone um, who's had any experience on any level in government will tell you it is very different running a state versus running the country. That's right. And no one knows that better than President Donald Trump. I mean, this was a businessman, don't forget, who who went in there and he had great ideas. And he said, there's a lot that we can accomplish and a lot that we can get done. But then he got in there, then he found out truly how deep and disgusting the swamp really is. It is real. I don't think any of us could have anticipated how nasty and bad it really is. But he's done this before. He's got their number. He knows how it works. And don't you think, at this point, we don't have any time to waste. We don't need somebody to play catch up and figure it out. We need somebody in there who knows exactly how to execute what needs to be done for America, because Americans are hurting.
5: You know, Laura is so smart and adept, and I really, really wish her father-in-law, former President Trump, would listen to her the way that she handles that DeSantis question. That's exactly how you handle it from the Trump perspective, which is to say, Florida, they've done such a great job. Ron DeSantis has done such a great job. I live in Florida. I want him to continue to be governor of Florida, not to go and criticize the guy, because, look, it's obvious. Anybody with two eyes that are open, unbiased, can tell you that Florida has been better Right, but you could also you could also make the point that while you're giving them credit for doing that yes. that
8: running one state is not like running the country and I always say this about potential makes my wife crazy all potential means is you haven't done it yet right. that's it i hate that word he's got potential all that means is you haven't done it yet donald trump has done it for the better part of three and a half years, mm-hmm. along with Ronald Reagan, he was the best president in my lifetime. Yep. Then they railroaded him with this nonsense COVID and the rest of this stuff. So DeSantis has the potential. He hasn't done it. Right?
5: Donald Trump has done it. Give me that guy. Well, and that's why it's the perfect answer. It's It's the exact thing that every single person who represents President Trump— himself should be saying every single time that he gets asked about DeSantis. It shouldn't be going and criticizing this or that. It should say, hey, look, he's doing a great job in Florida. It doesn't mean that he could do it in the country. I want him to stay governor of Florida. Now let's talk about this policy. That's exactly what the answer should be every single time, and it's why Laura is so adept. That's why it was one of the reasons why it was such a great interview yesterday. Yeah, you Thank asked you. the right questions, but she also knocked it out oh, of the park she's every amazing. Time. Love her. I told
8: her at the very beginning she's my favorite Trump of all I know. Uh, so the morning started this morning with both me, Sid Rosenberg and my partner, here today and Friday, Andrew Giuliani hopping on the train. I was on the local six train. I take the four or the six. With the police escort, mind you. I did not have. A <laughs> I did not have an escort, escort but, yeah. but in my two stops from 33rd to 51st Street, which I take now every morning, I did have two cops on my car. And I had three homeless guys in a jump. <laughs> well, I had that too. Oh, you did? I had homeless guys laid out across the seats. The cops did not wake them up. I was hoping they would. Right. The cops are too busy talking to me. Good morning, Sid. We love you. Thank you so much. But both you and I, circa 5 a.m. on the trains this morning, thank God neither one of us got beat up. Thank goodness. Like the Fox weather guy, Cots, who took a beating after the Giant game on Saturday night, Sunday morning. But that beating did have Eric Adams, the mayor, answering some questions yesterday at some sneaker store in New York City. Here is the mayor, Andrew, talking about subway crime and what he thinks we need to do to fix it, Mayor
4: Eric Adams.
12: What do you say to New Yorkers who say, this can't go on, we're afraid, we're afraid to take the subways.
4: We must make sure people feel safe. And as I say over and over again, uh, the best way yeah. to do that is to have that visible presence of a police officer. Uh, One of the incidents over the weekend, officers were there at the station. They were able to apprehend the person. Overwhelmingly, the number of crimes in our city, uh, they are repeated offenders. We have a revolving door system. We're going to continue to do our job, but we also must unbottleneck our criminal justice system and get dangerous people off our streets. All right, so I was on the Ford train. I could take the four or the six. Yeah. Andrew Giuliani
8: was on the Ford train, and another member of our wonderful staff takes the subway every day from Bushwick, Brooklyn, a very dangerous place. Here to our midtown Manhattan, Macedonia Phil, he also, like you and I witnessing the sleeping homeless. Right. He also witnessed something this morning on the trains. Macedonia Phil, take it away. Well, there's
11: homeless people on every train, and, uh, every there's, train.: There's a homeless guy sleeping, and I saw someone rob him. On the way no, here, you didn't. On the L train, the- no, no shame at all. Wait, uh, you, how do you rob a homeless guy? What does he a, got? On a pack, he literally had a dollar, a, a dollar or two hanging out his back pocket as he was sleeping. <laughs> and a guy wearing a ski mask, you know, one of those. Was, <laughs> Come was, on. Was, was like he, he stood up. He was sitting down. He stood up to stand next to the guy while he's like on on the car, and he's like looking around. And once we once the train stopped, he just uh, st- stuck his hand in his back pocket, grabbed the money, and ran off the car. And one ran. dollar, uh, maybe two. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe $2 So you saw a homeless guy steal from a homeless guy No, the, the guy who stole was not homeless He wasn't homeless he, Was he well, dressed he look, in a suit? Was he, did he he look, look? <laughs> yeah, he was wearing a, a three-piece suit He was dressed like a maitre d' No, he, no, he, was, he was dressed like, like a scumbag would be dressed right. you know, Like someone you'd sure. expect to rob a homeless person on the subway well, I gotta be completely honest And you know I love you like my own son Okay, I know where this is going. I dress like a scumbag.
8: I get you're it. Correct. How would I know the difference between you and the homeless I'm guy not, on the train a while you're not I'm sleeping?
9: Not, if that's the description. <laughs> I'm not <laughs>
11: I'm not wearing jeans down to my knees that you are know. hanging down to my knees with a, puffing ja- a puffer jacket no. and a ski mask, okay? I'm not yeah, all right. at well, that level. Well, he
9: might have had insect tattoos. On him, <laughs> I'm
11: not uh, listen. sure. listen. Right, check his wallet. He's got $2 in there. Oh, my hey, god. Check
9: the
5: wallet. <laughs> Phil, Lou, do you see it getting better on the subway right now Obviously, Adams just pulls out on the subway. Lou takes uh, it; right. he drives that's, it that's out of Rockefeller. That's why Rockaway. I drive. Right. It, My right. girlfriend
9: takes it, and she right. doesn't see police.
5: Oh, MJ does take and it, and she yeah. doesn't see cops. I, I see and, them all the time. And, and, and okay. I got to tell you, I saw it probably for about ten days once Adams announced it, and I have not seen them really since. Uh, uh, I've seen them all the time. Presents. And
8: I, by yeah. the way, I take so, the one, the two, and the three to Madison Square Garden. I got a lot of events, mm-hmm. as you know, packed. I see cops on Forty Second Street all the Square, time, but I, but I think that's always
5: been standard at Madison well, I mean, Square. You, you may not see a and, uh, cop on
11: Spring Street at four o'clock in the morning. I mean, come on, Sid, You're yeah, in Manhattan too. Like I, I on the I'm Brooklyn trains, them. the Brooklyn trains, I never seen him once. Never, never, not on the train. All no. Right, but when he comes on, he'll be on this week. The mayor. I will say
8: that uh, even though I've seen a nice police presence at some of these more popular Manhattan stops, according to Andrew Giuliani. In these other Manhattan stops, and Macedonia, Bill and Brooklyn, we're not seeing any police. I'll tell them. Yeah. All right. Good. All right. I know you're a big Yankee fan. Yes. We're going to uh, switch just a little bit. So, the man himself, Aaron Judge, was on with Jimmy Fallon last night. Did you see this?
5: I didn't see it, but uh, I'm looking forward to hearing what you're he You're excited had to about say. hearing this? I am. I am. The captain. Right. The captain. We'll Aaron do Judge. this. I right. tried cap. El Capitan. El Capitan. El Capitan. Talking about captains.
8: Aaron Judge on Jimmy Fallon. I'm being named captain. Did he seek advice from Derek Jeter? Here is Aaron Judge's answer. Andrew, cut number
10: twenty-five. You're the 16th captain of the New York Yankees. That is a massive deal. I mean, if you think about that list, did you know that was coming? And did you did you go like? Did you
15: feel that? Did you hear rumors that that was going to happen? You know, it, it was a shock to me. You know, you always you know you always dream about something like that, get an opportunity to. You know represent the Yankees and be the captain you know I didn't think it ever happened but you know I was on the phone with Hal the boss and you know we were kind of talking over negotiating the deal then at the very end he's like oh by the way uh I'm gonna I'm gonna name you a uh, 16th captain so it was I, I was speechless I really didn't know what to say but it was oh my you know honor I don't take lightly and
10: not since uh, Derek Jeter
15: did uh, oh Derek yeah correct, correct have you
10: talked to Derek about this th- this responsibility
15: I, I talked with him a little bit throughout the free agency process we talked and um Really asked about his advice. What was it like for him? You know, through arbitration stuff, free agency, and you know, he said, "You know what? I'll take you. I'll take you out for lunch or something. We'll kind of talk about things." But then after I sign my deal, you he said, you well, now Probably you're going to take sure. me out for breakfast. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, they
8: both made a lot of money for that. Uh, one more. There was a thank you to me. There's one particular Yankee, mm-hmm. one particular Yankee, Andrew Giuliani, who played a big role yep. in Aaron Judge returning to the Yanks. A kid that I've known since he was 18 years old. Really? Down in Florida. Yeah, he's from Coconut Creek. Yeah. And I lived in Boca Raton. He's uh, their first baseman. This is Aaron Judge, cut number 26.
10: There was one uh, teammate in particular that helped you with your decision. Is that, uh, is that Rizzo?
15: Yeah, it was Anthony Rizzo. He, he played a big part, big part. He, he was a free agent, too. He opted out, um, but he got his contract out of the way, and he said, now we gotta, we got to get you locked in. So, Really? He was, he was calling me every day. He was sending me texts every day. Every day? Yeah, it was, it was, he were, He was working hard. Uh, <laughs> he really did a good job working out. But then I think that sealed the deal is you're, not only are you guys friends. No, no, but it
8: you're, Jimmy Fallon's retarded. Are friends. Uh, so I shouldn't say that. I'm sorry. Yeah, I mean, this is like <laughs> the way he <laughs> interviewed John. I mean, it was so bad. ay 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 But I tell you, uh, Anthony is an amazing story. He uh, had Hodgkin's disease. I think you know that. Yeah. You know that? I didn't and, know that. And he's, a, he's a cancer survivor and uh, came up, I believe, as either the, the Red Sox or the Padres organization, won a World Series with the Chicago Cubs, and now is doing big things with the
5: Yankees. Yeah. But he's a, a cancer survivor, yes. You know, it's amazing to think of the respect the judge must have for him and how he actually was able to get out there and, uh, I mean, really provide cushion in this lineup for him. Yeah. I mean, that's a guy who's protecting him in the lineup. What's amazing was really interesting the first time Hearing Hal described as the boss that first time, right? You've never heard Hal described as the boss. Obviously, that was George. George George was the boss. He was the boss. You knew where he was. But it's very interesting, Aaron Judge saying... Is the boss now? He's obviously signing those paychecks, so he's got a little reason to do that. But it's going to be a fun few years for the Yanks. I certainly hope so. I think those Mets are going to be pretty darn good too. Look Better at what than the got. Yankees? That's right. I don't know. This we'll is see a about Met that. town, let's not, baby. Let's not get too crazy. This over is here. like the see? 1980s. Let's not Andrew get Giuliani. too crazy here. This Cindy. is you talking Met about the cocaine, town, or are we this talking about baseball? A Met
11: town? What? It's a Met town. In what? The, the Mets are a better team than the Yankees, right? Yeah, now. but it's still going to be a Yankee town. No, but no,
8: no. But in the mid '80s, when the Mets were going to the World Series, it became a Met town. It's we it's know the crazy. Yankees she's are more pinstrips. popular, but it's a Met town right now. Walk up and down Manhattan, all see pinstripes. I don't, think so. No, I don't I mean. think so. I don't think so. I don't both we'll say. We'll see. This will be a fun baseball season yes, you and I. Will. Let's ask Jimmy Fallon. He
9: seems to have Yeah, a he's break. all over yes. Jimmy Fallon. He knows. <laughs>
8: Not he's a regular Bob Costas. Uh, we'll take a uh, short break. <laughs> 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 Sitting friends in the morning. What if? Jimmy my God.
12: And it's only a day away. We could live tonight.
13: This
1: is Sit in Friends in the Morning. Entertaining and informative.
12: Are oh, you my best friend?
1: 77 WABC.
12: Come back again. I want you to stay next time. Sometimes the world ain't kind When people get lost like you And me I just made a friend A friend is someone you need But now that he had to go Still feel the words that he might say. Turn on your heartlight. Happy 82nd
8: birthday to Brooklyn-born Lincoln High School product, going. Neil Diamond. Heartlight, of course, talking about E.T., the extraterrestrial. Turn on your heartlight. 8.29 on your Tuesday morning. Miranda Devine, the great columnist from the New York Post, set to join us at 8.40. The Nicole Maliotakis. Coming up in nine oh five, but Andrew Giuliani, who's here today and Friday this week, I want to play this cut from the attorney general. Cause I asked this I just uh, a couple of days ago, maybe of your father, I forget. If in fact they thought that Merrick Garland has treated both document situations the same, mm-hmm. Donald Trump's and Joe Biden's. Well, I guess he was asked that yesterday, Merrick Garland. I'm gonna play his response and then I want yours. Lewis, this is cut number 14, Attorney General
1: Merrick Garland. The department has a set of norms and practices that, have been part of our DNA since Ed Levy was the Attorney General, uh, first post-Watergate Attorney General. These are essential for us to continue. They uh, uh, ensure that we adhere to the rule of law. These mean among other things that we do not have different rules for Democrats or Republicans, different rules for the powerful or the powerless, different rules for the rich or for the poor, We apply uh, the facts and the law in each case in a neutral, nonpartisan manner. Uh, That is what we uh, always do, and that is what we do in the uh, matters that you're referring to.
8: All right, sounded great. Ideally, that should be the case. Neutral, doesn't matter. Power, political party. Now, for me, I don't believe that's the case. I don't think Mm -hmm. there's any doubt that Merrick
5: Garland went full blast on Trump and has done very little with Joe Biden. What are your thoughts? Yeah, in theory, in practice, instead, you get the FBI that's going through Melania's closet in her underwear drawer. <laughs> I know, I mean, Did they do that to Jill? Yeah. Did they do that to Jill Biden? Now, who, There's would, difference. Who, who would want to, by yeah, the way? Well, that's a good question. Well, may, may, that's, a whole, that's a whole different story. <laughs> I'm sorry I
9: wrote that down.
5: <laughs> well, thank you for writing that down there, Lou. But, uh, no, look, the truth is, he is saying again... The right things. Right. He's saying exactly what the textbook answer should be that he is given. and He is briefed on. But we've seen, unfortunately, a Justice Department that really probably since Eric Holder, Obama's first attorney general, that again has become more and more politicized. It has taken on political cases, whether it be the IRS scandal that, you know, tw- uh, 10 years ago uh, or everything that we've seen that's unfortunately infecting different parts of the Justice Department, like the FBI, uh, and I think that uh, even though he says what is boilerplate, unfortunately, they're treating the Trump case very different than they're treating the Biden case. Now, of course, you have to go out there, get the special counselor, get uh, get the special prosecutor to look through this. Uh, and I just hope that there is no back channeling. But I have no faith that there is no back. By the way, even Dick Durbin.
8: Came down hard on Joe Biden. And you know Dick Durbin is one of the most biased scumbags in politics. He really is. But on CNN on Sunday, he came hard at Joe Biden. Mm -hmm. Lou Rapino, this is cut number nine. Senator Dick
1: Durbin. Let's be honest about it. Uh, When that information is found, it diminishes uh, the stature of any person who is in possession of it. Because it's not supposed to happen. Uh, Whether it was the fault of a staffer or an attorney, it makes no difference. The elected official bears ultimate responsibility.
8: And uh, Joe uh, Biden had another detractor here, another Democrat out of West Virginia, our friend Joe Manchin. Andrew, this is on Meet the Press, courtesy of NBC, Chuck Todd, cut number 13. Oh, I think he should have a lot of regrets.
16: Yeah, I would, what are, what I would the, think that. I said, whoever's responsible. I mean, if I hold people accountable and I use whether it be my chief of staff or my, you know, my uh, my staff who's,
8: who, that we're doing this. And I'm looking at then I'm going to hold someone accountable. But right. basically, the buck stops with me. I want to play one more cut from Kellyanne Conway. Yep. And I want your opinion on this one, too. Mm-hmm. She says that, you know, Biden can basically make it go away by doing one thing. Kellyanne Conway Lewis, cut number five
3: look, all Joe Biden and his acolytes and his advisors needed to say, Martha, is what our children say. I'm sorry. I don't know the full story. I'll I'll get what you're looking for. Uh, Please go and help me look for it. But he didn't do that. He basically gave the same response from his chaotic withdrawal of Afghanistan in August of 2021. He said, there's no there, there. I make, quote, no apologies. That's not the mark of a leader.
5: Yeah. And I also think what Kellyanne is probably getting at here again, is this just a mistake by Biden or was there real intent? And what I mean by that is, is it a mistake where they ultimately mixed in classified documents, which is still kind of crazy to believe that you can mix in those documents right. as vice president of the United States, where you do not have the power to declassify. See and the difference? senator, too, as a senator, too. Exactly. Yes. Good point. Um, or was there a reason why he took those specific documents and was there maybe a monetary standpoint that the Biden family what do you think? was receiving? What do you think? Uh, it's tough for me to believe that the Biden family is not profiting. <laughs> it really is. It's, it's tough for me to believe Do I know? No, I'm not certain about this. But every single time that we've seen well no joe didn't know what was going on and for the big guy of course right i mean miranda is a perfect person to have coming up next because she can highlight all the times that the biden family has profited off of their position directly too by the way these are things that the media has said no no this is this is a right-wing conspiracy theory this is not a right-wing conspiracy theory you've got a guy that is a self-admitted crack addict at the exact same time who is running oil for uh, Burisma, a Ukrainian company, while the vice president of the United States literally is in charge of U.S.-Ukrainian policy. That is a direct connection, Sid. That's not something that's esoteric or something that's tough to believe. That is right there in front of you. And so excuse me if I don't believe that the Biden family is, oh, well, you know, this is just a mistake. Oh, I didn't, you know, I not know. You the, mean the Biden criminal
8: family? The I th- crime family. Uh,
10: yes. Yeah, that's
8: right. yes, yes. Well, well, you're right. We are going to talk to Miranda Devine coming up next. Then Nicole Maliotakis, a pretty good one-two punch coming up on Sid and Friends in the Morning with our special guest today, Andrew Giuliani.
1: This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC.
12: Into deep, and possibly the complications, especially at night. I worry over situations, I know it'll be all right. Perhaps it's just an imagination. Shows the fear.
8: Away. Well, you know the best columnist in the country. And I like Michael Goodman. He's very good. But Divine's the best. And you know she must be coming on because Men at Work is another great Australian band. And anytime Miranda is on my show, Lou Rufino... Comes up big with some band out of Australia. Could be Olivia, could be the church, in this case, men at work. So here she is, the best in the business, Miranda Devine. Miranda, it's Sid and Andrew Giuliani on this Tuesday morning. How are you?
0: Hi, Sid and Andrew. Great to be with you and especially starting off the morning with another fabulous Australian song. I love it. <laughs> <laughs>
8: You're the best. Uh, we do that uh, every time just for you. OK, let's get to your latest column yesterday. It's become the story in the nation the last couple of weeks, and that is the Joe Biden document story. And uh, it is ironic, of course, that here he was on 60 Minutes not that long ago, really taking president Trump to task. And it turns out he's done the same thing as a vice president and a Senator, which is probably even worse. And like you said, there's nowhere to hide, but the the problem is Miranda, neither one of these guys, Trump or Biden is really going to suffer any real consequences
0: from this. So is it really a major story? Look, it is uh, because you look at the national security implications uh, when it comes to Joe Biden anyway, the fact that he had his, um, his son and his brother had the run of his house and, his, and we know Hunter had the run of the, his White House office as well, um, and that they were indulging in this influence peddling scheme. So, um, I mean, I found a, a document on the laptop yesterday that showed... Um, some a very curious email it was from Hunter Biden with great detail uh, and strategic and geopolitical detail about um, Ukraine and the UK and Russia. Wow. And um, this was an email he was sending to his business partner about a week before Joe Biden was going to Ukraine. And at about the same time, that um, Hunter Biden was about to join the board of Burisma and make $83,000 a month for that, um, working for that Ukrainian energy company. So that information was very valuable, made him look like he really was in the know, uh, understood what the American government's thinking was. Um, It looked like a classified briefing. Maybe, you know, his dad... uh, Talked in his sleep about the classified (laughs) briefing he had before he went to Ukraine. But I mean, what you know, that's the problem. You've got a drug addict who is engaging in corrupt uh, activity with their influence peddling around the world while his father's vice president, who basically used his father's house as his official residence uh, for a good part of that time after he was divorced. Um, And Uh, lived there off and on, put the address down on official documents and um, drove his father's Corvette. There's a photograph of him in Joe Biden's Corvette, Hunter and a couple of young women, including his niece. And um, that Corvette, Joe Biden himself told us, was stored in the garage where some of the classified documents were found. Now there have been five tranches of documents found scattered all over the place.
5: So, Miranda, and I've been asking this question all morning, really, since the beginning of this scandal, but nobody's investigated and knows this family better than you. <laughs> I'm sorry to say there's nobody that knows the family better than you, but there's better or worse. Um, do you think that these were documents that were just a mistake that Joe Biden ended up taking, you know, a, a stupid mistake, if you will? Or do you think that these documents specifically were curated with intent and a purpose?
0: And absolutely not a mistake. Uh, I don't know if curated, but it's just it reflects the uh, sense of entitlement that Joe Biden's always had, um, his dishonesty. Um, you know, these when when you find out I wasn't fully aware until I talked to a former prosecutor, um, the, the rigor that goes through the access to these, um, you know, very top secret classified documents, um, if you're a senator, And Joe Biden was a senator when some of these documents uh, came into his possession, uh, we're told. And, and, you know, he's supposed to go into a secure room with guards. He's not allowed even to take notes. Um, They were very careful about that. And everybody, including at least three Democratic senators, um, including Joe Manchin, have just, Dick Durbin, have been pulling their hair out and saying publicly, we don't know how he got access to those um it it is impossible and it is illegal so he he wouldn't and you know he was 68 when he was in the in the senate um he was
5: you know i'm losing it like he's losing it now basically
0: yeah so he can't (laughs) pretend that oh it was an inadvertent it was a mistake there was a deliberate decision to do that i don't know if he curated them But I think if he saw a piece of classified information that he thought would be nice to keep (laughs) and maybe might help his family, he just slipped it into his briefcase.
8: Yeah, hard to argue that. That's been their history. The great Miranda Devine here on Sid and Friends in the Morning. Sid Rosenberg, Andrew Giuliani sitting in today. Miranda, there's been this kind of back and forth about the way that they treated Trump and the way they're treating Biden. The FBI, the SWAT team broke into Mar-a-Lago. They knocked down doors. They checked his white Melania's underwear drawer. They were really, really nasty. And here it's kind of like, well, you know, he may, may not have a document. Even the Attorney General Merrick Garland came out yesterday and tried to sell us that they treat everything neutral. They don't care, Republican, Democrat, wealthy, not wealthy. They treat everything neutral when we know, of course, nothing could be further from the truth. You'd agree here the way they treated Trump compared to Biden, disgusting, yes?
0: Oh, 100%, absolutely disgusting. You know, the FBI raided uh, Donald Trump's home, um, rifled through his wife, Melania's underwear, and, uh, you know, wouldn't let his lawyers um, come in and observe what they were doing. They were left outside in the blazing hot sun in Florida. Um, And whereas with Joe Biden, it's like, oh, he's so honest that we're just going to take his word for it and just let his lawyers go and search. And then finally, the penny drops and they realize that actually he hasn't been transparent and honest at all. In fact, the only reason the DOJ found out about it, we we hear from Andy McCarthy, uh, wrote this the other day, um, is because... uh, Joe Biden's lawyers found some documents, thought that they could just contact the National Archives and the National Archives would take them back and slip them back into the files without mentioning anything. And the Inspector General at the National Archives said, "Uh uh-uh, not going to happen, and told the DOJ. So the DOJ um, knew that it had been hoodwinked and still it was trusting Joe Biden until Friday. I mean, remember the first tranche of documents was supposedly found... Um, last fall before the midterm elections. And the White House decided that they were going to keep the American people in the dark about this very serious matter. So the, the double standards between the way they treated uh, Donald Trump, um, the brutality, the embarrassment, the leaks, remember the photograph of the papers yep. strewn all over yep. the ground yep. um, neatly uh, during the, that was, that was already rare arrayed there by the FBI, um, they'd gone into his locked room and, and did that. I mean, they were in a locked, padlocked room in the basement of Mar-a-Lago. They were not in an unlocked garage uh, or, you know, sometimes unlocked garage um, just in a box next to the Corvette.
8: yep. yep. By the way, I can listen to you say garage all day long. I don't know what it is about it, but that is awesome, Miranda. I say garage. I'm from Brooklyn. We will uh, spend some more time with the great New York Post columnist Miranda Devine on the other side. First, a little more Men at Work.
1: Talk Radio 77 WABC.
8: So they're finally starting to work at my house. Again, we're out for five months because the pipes burst. And my got my guy, Rich Clift, who is the best construction guy in America. In fact, Dr. Mark Siegel is going to use him at his Hamptons home. Which Clift is at the house right now, and they're ready to start the work. So uh, very excited about that. Thank you. Miranda Devine is back with us, New York Post columnist. So I did say that uh, there's not going to be a lot of repercussions here for either the president or Donald Trump. Now, Michael Goodwin on this show, your colleague a couple of days ago, Miranda, said to me, I don't know about that. He said, I think the president right now is in peril over this. What do you think long-term happens to both of these guys over this document situation?
0: Yeah, look, I, I agree. I mean, the classified document mishandling, especially if uh, you know, it's top secret, um, has grave implications for national security. And um, it should be taken seriously. If it's not taken seriously, what kind of message does that send um, to, to our adversaries, to our allies, um, but also to all the you know military people and people down the line who also um, have gone to jail for um, mishandling classified documents? So I think uh, there has to be some sort of repercussion. And at the very least, for Joe Biden, it just smashes his uh, reputation um, you know i think half of us who understand the full extent of his nature and um, his history of dishonesty um, are not surprised but there is still half the country that consume the new york Times and uh, the washington post and Cnn and MSNBC that um, don't know they still think he's honest joe you saw joe behar the other day uh, say oh well you know we don't trust donald trump he's a liar but we trust that mm-hmm. Joe Biden is oh, impeccably God. honest, so we just take his word for it. Right. So I think that will be, that will disappear. So at the very least, I think there's, um, his reputation will be destroyed and his legacy will be really bad. I mean, his, that's what he cares about more than anything. And I think he'll go down in history as a, a most terrible president and very dishonest.
5: Well, Miranda, another story that you highlighted over the weekend with your colleague at The New York Post, John Levine, shows that Hunter Biden's daughter, Naomi Biden, uh, was urged by one of her University of Pennsylvania professors to profit off of her name in, guess where? China. Can you tell us a little more about that?
0: Yes. So, um, of course, this is the same university where the first tranche of classified documents were found. Um, it's a university that's very intimate with the biden family joe and, biden made a whole uh, lot of money
5: at university of pennsylvania
0: correct he, he made almost a million dollars after he left office um and for giving a couple of lectures he got a a special title of being an, a professor and uh uh his granddaughter and other relatives have attended that school and um one of the professors at the University of Pennsylvania sent Naomi Biden, who's Hunter Biden's oldest daughter, an email just after she graduated, inviting her to this lavish all expenses paid propaganda conference in China. And he was quite upfront. He said that, of course, you know, uh, it's It's not going to surprise you that they are interested in you because of your family name, because you're a Biden. And don't take any offense at that. That's quite normal. So she says to her father, Hunter Biden, do you think I should do it? And he says, oh, go for it and take your boyfriend as well. You know, two first-class business tickets. Um, And then uh, apparently Joe was gearing up to uh, run again uh, as vice president and uh, looks like the Obama people just put the kibosh on it and said no uh this wouldn't be a good look so she had to say no well
5: the sad thing is (laughs) if only he was vice president at the time instead of traveling business class she could have flown on air force (laughs) too that's the sad thing about this story it sounds like yeah
8: they all do hey listen miranda as always just an amazing job your columns are so great and you really were the first one to really come out with all this about hunter biden and unearth all this so continued congratulations on being the best in the business and doing a great job for me and this crew on this show thank you so much i love thank
0: you it. Thank you. Thank
8: you got it miranda devine right here on sitting friends in the morning that wraps up three hours of tremendous radio fourth and final hour about to come your way which includes sid's take Thanks to Pete Morgan and the fine folks at Peerless Spoilers, And one of our favorites, politician Nicole Maliotakis, taking everybody to the woodshed. From Mayor Adams in the city, state-level Governor Hochul, to federal government Joe Biden. She had a tweet yesterday that burned the house down. We'll talk to Nicole Maliotakis coming back, fourth and final hour of Sitting Friends in the Morning.
12: As nice as
1: Oi, this is sit in friends in the morning
12: friends, how many of us friends.
1: 77 WABC? Girl,
12: you'll be your woman. Soon. Love you so much, can't count all the ways. This I is one of my favorite Neil Diamond songs. Happy
8: 82nd birthday to the kind. Brooklyn Lincoln High School product, Neil Diamond. But you're right, uh, Lou Ruffino, who's so smart, this song was in Pulp Fiction, but it wasn't this, it wasn't Neil's version. He wrote it and sang it. It was, who was it again? The band
9: is Urge Overkill. They did a good job. It sounded like Neil Diamond. Mm, it was a good scene, too. Was this
8: when Uma Thurman plunged OG. that uh,
9: the shot into yeah, his before chest? That. Before that.
8: Her, when they, her chest, I mean. It's when they
9: come back from the dance contest. Oh, that's right, yes. They come in, and she, she yeah. hits a reel-to-reel. Yeah, that's right. And dance the song is on. You
8: say dance contest. I start thinking about these uh, poor people in uh, California, who were shot dead dancing on Saturday night, the beginning of the Lunar New Year. That first maniac. Then another guy yesterday did the same thing, shot up uh, two different farms, killed another seven people. Been crazy out there. The uh, during the Lunar New Year, a celebratory time, and two different Chinese men. Have gone on murderous rampages the last couple of days. It's insane. Before we get to one of Takis. I want to send out a shout out. Louis, you know uh, Pizza Demore on 116 in Rockaway? Let me check my notes. No. You don't know it, really? It's the, the, a really the, good place again? Pizza Demore. There's one on 116 in Rockaway, there's one in Mill Basin, which I used to go to all the time, one on Bay Parkway, and there used to be one on Avenue U. Anyway, uh, Frank Scolo is the owner. He's a great guy. I love him. And he's really good friends with my neighbor, Billy Felton, who I love to pieces. And the guy lives across the street from me, Louis Gampera, who I also love. And they're doing this um, best pizza, this uh, this uh, poll, I guess, for best local pizza. And I'm going to go on record on the air and give it to Frank Skolo and my friends at Pizza mori on One Sixteen. In Rockaway. Oh, look at you. you got the hands up. but like you're celebrating. I, I,
9: well, I know the place now. Now you know 1-16. the place. Yes. Yeah, it's across
8: the street from, like, Pickles and Pies. Pickles and, and Pies. It's on the uh, right. Yes. 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 It's a really good place. So, uh, because uh, Billy and Louie are my boys, and I like Frank, we're going to give Pizza DeMori the best pizza right there in Rockaway, Bay Parkway, and Mill Basin. Wow. They're going
9: to get flooded now.
8: Yes, they are. But they're not getting free pizza, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, <no>. So, <laughs> I get a text last night from Nicole Maliotakis, and I go on Twitter And, man, did she have a really good tweet, even though she took out my friend, the mayor. That's fine. It goes like this. Entered U.S. illegally, thanks to, at POTUS. Federal government, yep. Shoplifted, arrested, and released with no bail, thanks to, at Governor Kathy Hochul. Your favorite. New York City taxpayers are paying to house and feed them, thanks to, at New York City Mayor, Eric Adams. Democrats are ridiculous. Nicole Maliotakis, this is why we love her. Here she is back on the Sid and Friends in the Morning Show. Nicole, it's Sid and Andrew Giuliani this morning. How are you?
6: Hey, guys. Great to be with you. And, and congratulations, Andrew, for officially being a friend of Sid. <laughs>
5: uh, well, look, somebody's got to do it, Nicole. It's, <laughs> it's tough work. It's tough sledding. I mean, they said that Lou and Phil and Justin could only handle so much, but I appreciate that. Let me that. tell you, they, you they, they say running for public office is hard, but no, I this is hard. Being a friend of sick. And let me tell you the, the list
8: is becoming large. People who uh, admitted in public they couldn't stand me. Yeah. Now they're dying to be my friend. I know. And uh, I ain't working. You <laughs> are my friend, Andrew. So are you Nicole and I'll ask you this what motivated you, what prompted you to send out this tweet taking out the city, the state, and the federal government?
6: Well, I I saw that New York Post article uh, last night, and it just really uh, boiled my blood. I mean, honestly, it just shows you how federal policy, state policy, and the city policy under the Democrats have created a, a mess. We have lawlessness in New York State, thanks to Kathy Hochul. We have lawless at the border, thanks to our president, who decided to repeal all the policies that President Trump had in place that were working, that were stemming the flow of illegal migration. And then you have our mayor who wants the uh, New York City taxpayers to pay to house and feed and provide health care and services for these individuals. And to think that, you know, and I, I told the Post, I texted them this morning, I said, you better find out whether the mayor is still paying for these individuals to stay at the Westin Hotel on the taxpayer dime after they were caught uh, shoplifting $12,000 from a Macy's in Nassau County. Yeah. Uh, but it, it, we've argued all along that. The New York City right to shelter system was meant for New Yorkers. It was not meant for citizens of other countries. And uh, the the mayor keeps saying we're at a limit, but he doesn't want to stop. He doesn't want to tell the president to secure the border and stop this illegal migration, which, by the way, if they actually wanted to help asylum seekers, they would definitely stop the illegal immigration because that's what's inundating our immigration system, where the people who actually have legitimate claims for asylum, are taking years to even be heard because everyone that's coming through the border is claiming asylum, even though well, well over uh, 70, 70% uh, don't qualify for it. So, uh, you know, the mayor needs to tell the president to stop and he has to stop using taxpayer money. Think about this, right? He's also looking to cut services, right? He wants to cut NYPD service and other essential services from our city while spending $2 billion to house individuals who crossed into our country illegally.
5: It's yes, it's completely ludicrous. Where does this end, in your estimation? Because you highlighted it right there in terms of the federal, state, city, the issue. I mean, really, the only check in all of that is a uh, is what you are a part of, which is the House of Representatives on the federal level. But other than that, we have Kathy Hochul, who's completely unchecked by the uh, by the assembly. You have uh, Eric Adams, who has a city council that is uh, you know extremely left. Where does this all end, in your estimation?
6: Well, look, the very first oversight hearing is going to actually be about the border and Secretary Mayorkas' abdication uh, of his responsibility to keep us safe. Um, that's number one. Number two, we have legislation that can address this. It would actually implement the Trump-era policies, and it would do what is Gee, how novel. Let's listen to the CBP agents and actually do what they're telling us they need, right? They say they need more agents, they need more barriers, they need more technology, and they want more training for the younger officers coming on board. What a crazy idea. Listen to the experts. Yeah, listen to the actual law enforcement. Just what Kathy Hochul should have done, right? They wanted to do this bail law. Now, one law enforcement individual was at the table when they were dealing with this okay uh and and that is why it be, turned out to be such a disaster other states eliminated uh bail but they but they had checks in place they allowed judges to consider dangerousness they did other things um and and it's not a problem like it is in here in New York where they just completely just just deteriorated our criminal justice system
8: it is brutal what do you think of uh Kathy Hochul's week last week Nicole when she tried to get LaSalle confirmed, and obviously that didn't go her way. The legislator has actually uh, said, no, not for you. And, and while some people tried to defend her, said she did what she had to do, other governors, Patterson, Pataki, they're also quick to admit that if it was Cuomo, it would have gone through. So if you're going to say that, then it does go back to Kathy Hochul, no doubt about it. Your thoughts on her week
7: last week.
6: Yeah, look, it definitely shows her weakness, right? Uh, as you said, it wouldn't have happened if it was Governor Cuomo. It wouldn't have gotten steamrolled by the legislature. But it also goes to show that you know, she just popped this uh, out of the sky without trying to uh, work with the legislature first. Now, quite frankly, I think if it goes to the entire legislature, uh, perhaps it could even get passed because you, you have some Republicans that would probably uh, side with uh, some moderate Democrats. And you can get this more conservative-leaning uh, judge on the Court of Appeals. I think that would be the best case scenario for, for New Yorkers, because what the, the left is trying to do with steamrolling her on this is try to put another radical judge on the bench, which we do not need here in New York. Obviously, a part of the reason why we have the problems we have is because of some of these radical left wing judges that had been appointed locally, at least by Mayor de Blasio. Whenever you read an article about judges who had discretion to set bail, because that means that there's extreme cases, OK, and, and a judge still doesn't set the bail. I always Google that judge and you find out, lo and behold, they were appointed most likely by Mayor de Blasio or they were elected uncontested in a borough like Manhattan, uh, for example. So, uh, you know, it's interesting to see. People have to know that it's not just the legislature, it's the judicial system, too. We need to elect good judges and uh, hopefully this appointment will, you know, we'll see what happens.
5: So you think, actually, that she might have the votes in the Senate if she's able to actually win the legal case to get this to the full Senate? Uh, You think there's a chance that actually LaSalle could come back from the dead, if you will, uh, and be confirmed?
6: I do. I do think that it's potential. You have some, you know, conservative, uh, more conservative Democrats, a couple, not a lot, right, but you have a handful, maybe just enough, if the Republicans were to to do this to steam over the left, right? I mean, this is the best case scenario for, for conservatives in New York. I mean, we, we would never get a Republican uh, appointed to that position. It would be either a, a somewhat conservative Democrat or a very left-wing progressive Democrat. So if you had the choice, I think most people would say, okay, we'll take the, the more reasonable person who, look, based on, I haven't looked too much into, um, into the, this whole situation, but based on what I'm reading, Uh, and speaking with colleagues that this guy is actually just a fair jurist. He's what you actually want, Mm -hmm. someone who's just going to be, you know, looking at the law and making decisions based on that, not based on a political ideology. Right.
8: One of the uh, spots, I think, Nicole, where you've been tremendous, a lot of spots, actually. You know, I love you. But uh, uh, one of the spots has been congestion pricing, another beauty from Governor Kathy Hochul. What's the latest with that?
6: Yeah, this is the you – know, Kathy Hochul's the gift that keeps uh, uh, giving, a gift that keeps the gift that keeps taking, taking <laughs> out know, public – And yes, giving you know, to, to Uh In this case, um, look, I, I'm, I've – no secret here. I've been opposed to uh, the congestion pricing uh, plan since the beginning. I was a member of the state legislature at the time, voted against it. Uh, they decided they want to jam this thing through. I'm building a bipartisan coalition of representatives from New York and New Jersey who are against congestion pricing and can, want to try can, to can
8: you, Can you give me some of the names, some of these bipartisan folks? It's going to make me happy to hear some of these names that agree with you and I.
6: Well, I think the the first and foremost is Josh Gottheimer uh, from New Jersey. He's actually been reasonable working with us against this. And believe it or not, there's a couple from New York City, but they haven't come out publicly because they're, I guess, afraid of the radical left and the climate change
0: activists. The
6: thing is, is that the pollution is actually going to get shoved into their district. It's the outer, it doesn't actually eliminate pollution. It just shifts it to the outer boroughs. And if you look at what happened in London, that's exactly what happened. It didn't work. So this really, truly is a cash grab uh, by the MTA. The, the governor is allowing it to happen. Uh, we're trying to do whatever we can to stop it from the federal level. Um, I think our, our strongest case right now is that they haven't done a complete um, environmental, uh, environmental impact statement, which would be a thorough, thorough study on the environmental um, ramifications of this. And it is a first-in-the-nation program, so it warrants such an extensive study to see what the impacts will be. We know that this will cost people, look, thousands of dollars extra a year. If you're a nurse and you have to drive in for a 5 a.m. shift, if you are um, somebody who's a waiter and you get off at work at 2 a.m., you know, these are people that don't feel comfortable perhaps riding the subway in the middle of the night. uh, They're using their cars, and that's their right to do so. We should not be charged a fee to drive in another borough in the city in which we live, and that is why I maintain a post this. I'm going to do everything I can to try to stop it or at least slow it down so Hopefully get a new administration in, in two years that will will uh, put an end to it.
8: That is great work. Once again, from the 11th Congressional District, she is a, a congresswoman. She's really great. And a dear friend, Nicole Takis. thank you for stopping by today. Great appearance. We'll talk again very, very soon, Nicole. Thank you so much.
6: Great to be with you guys. Thanks.
8: You Have too. Uh, take care. Nicole Malio Takis on Sid and Friends in the Morning. The number, as always, is 1-800-848-WABC. We're still two segments away from Sid's take. Macedonia, Phil, what's the game today? It's a Tuesday. What's today's game? uh, Two for Tuesday. Two songs you have to figure out the artist. Oh, we stole that from WNEW. Did (laughs) we? Why'd you tell me that? I thought it was new. Oh, Scott Muni is rolling over in his grave right now. Two for Tuesday coming up. That'll be me against Andrew today, so we don't need a contestant. But we'll come back with more on this epic Tuesday edition of Sid and Friends in the morning with Andrew Giuliani. Only right here on Talk Radio Seventy Seven WABC.
1: Please come take my Talk Radio Seventy Seven WABC.
8: 82, this is the great Warren Zevon, would have been 76 today. Play it, Lewis Warren Zevon, boom boom. Hey, boom boom, Mancini. Oh, he's from Youngstown, Ohio, boom boom, and of course, was a really good boxer. And is this, is this huh? on pre doku Sorry, this was uh, post duku post, yeah. He uh, fought Dooku Kim in the ring, and Dooku Kim died. Literally died in the ring. His mother was there. It was horrible. Well, he didn't die in the ring. He died a couple days later. No, he was dead in the ring. They well, took him out. I guess he was still out of pulse, but he was. You know, his much his dead.
11: mother killed herself after that. I know, and she was there at that fight. Yeah. And the referee killed himself too. That's true. Very three, very three good. deaths yes. from that fight. Look
5: at Phil. All oh, over yes. this. Wow. Good. Wow. This is the most nice value th- that. Sid oh my has. God! Stop it's praising that- me. ...that uh, Phil has contributed he, to the no, show he, in all the times that I've like listened he, combined.
8: He, no, he knows a lot of stuff about these types of things. Yeah. Like, for example, every morning now, <laughs> he prints out uh, this uh, this document for me. All right. And it's Today in History. Okay. And you know, some pretty cool stuff uh, over the uh, weeks. You remember if I bring up certain stories, and Phil has made me aware of those. Okay. Let, let's see. For example, on this date back in 1984... Steve Jobs introduced Apple's revolutionary computer Macintosh. Ah. That's a big one. On this date, back in 2003, the newest cabinet office comes into existence as Tom Ridge is sworn in as the first secretary. Exactly right. So these are the types of things. And then there's sports in here. So, for example, on this date in 1962, Jackie Robinson became the first African-American baseball player elected to the Hall of Fame. How about that one? Yeah, That's good. On this date back in 1982, Joe Montana and the Niners won their first of five Super Bowls, beating Cincinnati 26-21 Super Bowl 16 at the Pontiac Silverdome. Joe Montana was the MVP. And I told you guys earlier this morning, that was pre-Jerry Rice, Roger Craig, so, for example, his wide receivers for that team were guys like Freddie Solomon, Dwight Clark, wow. who had the big catch. Yep. He had running backs guys named uh, Cooper and Ring, yeah. not Craig and Ratman. Yep. So it was before he had those those great, great teams. Yep. But that year, he beat Forrest Gregg in Cincinnati. Kenny Anderson was the quarterback. Five years later, he beat Cincinnati again with Boomer Esiason yeah. as the quarterback and Sam Weish as the head coach. So these are the types of things. And then you've got all the birthdays and deaths. So we've been celebrating Neil Diamond today. That's off this sheet. Uh, Warren Zevon. How about this one? Actor John Belushi died in March. Today is John Belushi's
5: birthday. Oh, really? 1949. Wow. Yes. Belu- tough to picture Belushi being 73. Who that again? John Belushi. Who's that? Four years old. You don't know who John Belushi is? Come on. John Belushi is one of the best. SNL. How about this one? How about gold medal winning Olympic
8: gymnast Mary Lou Retton turned 55 really? today. Remember her? Happy birthday, Mary that, Lou. Uh, uh, which one? Mary Lou Retton? I was going to say, you got Bomani Jones on the line. Is Bomani here right now? Yeah. Oh, I want to talk to Bomani. And uh, finally, uh, the last one is um, Sharon Tate. You remember those brutal Charles Manson murderers? Yeah. Sharon Tate was a really? gorgeous actress. Birthday? Death? Today was her birthday. Today was her birthday. Yeah. But she is dead. She's long dead. Okay. She was killed at the age of 26 back in 1969. She would have been 80 years old today. Yeah. What
11: relation did she have she to John was gorgeous? Belushi? What? What relation does she have to John Belushi?
8: None, you idiot. She was married to Roman Polanski. She was a gorgeous actress murdered by Charles Manson's family in the hills in California.
11: Oh. How does that relate to John Belushi? Don't, don't ask any more questions. Okay, sorry.
8: <laughs> you wanted me to get this next guy on the show. I got him on because of you. I've known this guy for years, who Dan Levitard, but you love Bomani Jones. I was excited about this one, actually.
11: This is one that, like, you said the guest, you said, I'm going to get Bomani on next week. I thought you were joking. Yeah, but you know I what?
8: I forgot that he was coming on today. I'm excited to have him on, too. He's a really smart guy, and he's a very influential guy. But usually Art Sears sends me like an email if he's got a book out or a memoir, and I don't have that in front of me. I'm going to bring him on anyway. Uh, if Art is ready to go, Bamani Jones, one of the real smart sports guys in and around the country today, and not afraid, mind you, from his days with Levitard down with me in Miami, to get involved in very controversial discussions, making, I believe, his debut on Sitting Friends in the Morning. Bomani, good morning, pal. How are you? Good, man. How about you? I'm good. Do you remember me from uh, the days in Miami? I was on the same station as Levittard. You weren't on my show, you were on his, but you remember me? If you don't, that's okay.
7: Oh, yeah, I do. In fact, I had a good buddy at HBO, Ray Stallone, when I was very early in the game. This is over 10 years ago. The thing always was, you need to get an agent like Sid Rosenberg. <laughs> you say that over and over oh, again. Oh, that's funny. always his thing.
8: Oh, I love Ray Stallone. In fact, I haven't spoken to, to uh, Stallone, Bamani and Andrew Giuliani here. Since they did a documentary on Craig Carton, my former co-host, and now, of course, the afternoon show host at WFAN. He yep. was arrested, went to prison. And I was in the documentary. And Stallone called me like two years ago and said, I got to tell you your greatness. I was on for like 30 seconds. You're so, you steal the whole thing. It's like an hour and a half. And I got Boomer Esaias and all these people. I said, Ray, I'm going to watch it. And he, was, he exaggerated clearly, by the way. <laughs> but, but Ray is one of those great guys. And um, I'm glad Ray said that. So, but Monty, tell me, what, uh, what are you doing these days? What are you promoting before we get into the real sports discussions?
7: Oh, man, we are back to the HBO part of it. I have a show on HBO called Gang Theory that airs at 11 o'clock Friday nights on HBO and HBO Max coming out right after real time with Bill Maher. And it's me and my take on sports for 30 minutes, supported by a full staff, a full writer's room. We do a lot of stuff out on the street, talking to the people of New York City, do some longer essays, get into the topical stuff about what's going on um, in sports, and it's honestly the most fun I've had doing anything professionally.
8: Wow, that sounds awesome. Now, I'm going to say this to you, Bamani because I'm an honest guy, and that's why I'm number one here in New York. You do some things sometimes that annoy me, which I'm sure, by the way, I would do things all the time that would annoy you. Let me give you an example. So I do the morning show, but out of the corner of my eye in my newsroom, I've got televisions on, CNN, MSNBC, Fox News, all of it. And I saw you about a week or two on with Don Lemon and CNN. And you were going on and on about how Lovey Smith, another black coach, got fired. Bomani, they won one game this year. This idiot Lovey Smith, who I happen to like, by the way, finds a way to win a game, the last game of the year, and cost the Houston Texans the number one overall pick. White guy or black guy, he deserved to get fired. These are the types of discussions, I must tell you, that annoy me because every now and then it's not about race or gender or color. It's about getting it done, and Lovey Smith didn't get it done. Bottom line.
7: Yeah, with all due respect, nothing annoys me more than somebody who watched what the cry-on was on television and didn't actually hear what I had to say and then tells me what I went on and on about, because that's what happened here. I didn't say in that case that they did a great misservice by firing Lovey Smith. I said they did a misservice a disservice rather, by hiring Lovie Smith in the first place. And the problem with the Texans' job is it's so bad and it's such a clown show that they can only get black dudes to take it because no self respected white man was going to walk into the disaster <laughs> that they had there. That's how they wound up with the black coach That's they bad. had before that nobody else had ever considered hiring. Now, the other part on that that I think that people need to be honest about is I could go around the NFL right now, there are 32 teams, I could make a compelling argument for firing probably 75% of them. Yeah. I could make a compelling argument for firing Bill Belichick yeah. if I wanted to. If yeah. somebody wants to fire you, they'll fire you. They just don't fire everybody. Now, I don't know. You could have got Vince Dam Lombardi in there to to seconds, second and they wouldn't go win more than three games, right? So the argument that they won however many, and then they blew it at the end, think about it this way. If he had gone out there, and lost that game to the Colts, who are coached by Jeff Saturday, the argument would have been, of course, fire him. They lost the game to the Colts. You see how that's a trick back here that he wasn't going to be able to win? So, to me, that situation with Lovey, sometimes it is not about race. You're right. Sometimes the dude just winds up getting fired because he's not good at the job. But you know what? Sometimes the guy keeps his job even though he's not good at the job, and that guy ain't ever black.
8: That's fair, and I do owe you an apology because the Cryon did read that, and if that's what you discussed, like you're saying you did, I owe you an apology because you happen to be right about that particular position and the guy's taking that job, so I'm sorry, which I'm able to do when I'm wrong. Uh, but now you've got to go back to Lemon and CNN and say, hey, do me a favor, you're making me look bad. <laughs> you
7: got guys that, in the yeah, airport. No, that, that's, that's, <laughs> a, that, that's the thing about the Cryon man. The Cryon can set me up. I did a thing on D.R. Sanders about a month and change ago. And the cry aisle was about, is Dion Sanders a sellout? And the first thing I said was, no, but oh, all yes. anybody sees is that thing on the bottom of the screen. I saw that, too. and Phil, remember I said to you, what is Bomani
8: talking about a sellout? What do you want the guy to do? He got a lot of money. He went to Colorado. He did what he had to do with Jackson State. And you're right. I saw the same exact thing. So the moral of the story is, Pomani, stay off those TV stations. CNN <laughs> hey, you sell up. Sell 40, <laughs> I mean, geez. Because uh, Dion actually has a, has a pretty good position. If you were doing a show right now, An HBO show right now this morning, Bomani. Would the story be the Final Four in the National Football League? Something that easy? What's, What's a really juicy, controversial story that has Bomani Jones thinking this morning?
7: Well, I'd say the first thing we probably get into is, you know, we get to the Final Four, set up that, you know, because people are into this with sports primarily, and we want to get into and talk about the sports. But I can tell you,
8: this is not a sports station. I actually do a political show mornings on WABC, so you can actually get into whatever you want because we do more po- politics than sports.
7: Oh, yeah, I am, I am familiar with your movie, sir, and I think that you will find it interesting that this week we are going to do a long exploration on the Brett Favre welfare story, which is actually crazier and more hilarious than I think than anybody realizes that it is. Like, once you realize it involves the, the million-dollar man Ted DiBiase yep. doing something that the character of the million-dollar man Ted DiBiase would absolutely do, you realize, oh, we're cooking with gas over here, so we're going to get into that one and take a look at exactly how the welfare system runs.
8: Is he guilty in your estimation, in your opinion? Is he guilty, Brett far of doing something really bad here?
7: He couldn't possibly be more guilty. Oh my God! We got the text mess. We got the text messages. Like it's not like there's really any mystery to this. What you have, though, is none of us want to get sued, so we got to do a lot of the allegedly. It's been said there seems to be evidence. All of those things. But if you read what that man said in his text messages including can the media find out about these text messages you get the feeling that the man is uh is up to some shenanigans. Wow,
8: what do you what do you think about uh, Jeff Bezos selling a piece of the Washington Post or the, the whole Washington Post I should say to possibly buy the Washington Commanders from Daniel Snyder. What do you think Jeff Bezos as an NFL owner would look like?
7: I have no real idea except for the fact that helping boys don't want bathroom breaks. If there's anything that we've learned about the way that Amazon gets down, you boys to be in that factory whipping this stuff up. I don't know. Jeff Bezos is gonna be like, "Wait a minute, are you saying that they have a union?" Oh no, 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 no. That's what I can't wait. Let's 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 get to Jeff Bezos sending the union busters in there for the football team and see how that goes, and tell them boys that they got a pee in bottles <laughs> before they leave practice. All
8: right, now give us uh, one more. My guy, Macedonia Phil here, Bamani Jones, a very Entertaining Bamani Jones. His whole life, Bamani is the NBA. He doesn't care about anything else. Bailey cares about his own family, politics, wealth, doesn't care. All he cares about is the Denver Nuggets and Jokic specifically. This is a grown man, by the way. Um, give us the Bamani Jones prediction of the NBA finals this season.
7: I am leaning toward Milwaukee in the East. And Denver in the West. Oh my God! Hold on a
8: second, Macedonia Bill. You want to talk to Bamani Jones right now? He's picking your
11: Nuggets. He's a smart man. What can I say? He's a smart (laughs) man. I told you. You really mean Uh, that? Are you you really mean? You're being nice to him.
7: Oh no 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 no! I am a big Nuggets guy. Like my thing with the Nuggets was, if they were healthy, I wanted to see what it is. And now that they're healthy. They're the number one team in the West. And, look, I understand the thing about Jokic is Jokic looks like he took that picture of Tom Brady from the combine with (laughs) his no-muscle definition, and he told his trainer, make me look like this. And so that makes it very difficult for people to grasp the idea that he's a high-level athlete. But I've never seen anything like this before. Like He's not as good as Magic Johnson or Larry Bird, but his game is like a combination of the two of them except he's seven feet tall. Oh, my God.
8: Oh, Phil is so happy. You mentioned Tom Brady. Last one, Bomani. Is he playing football next year or taking a half a million from Fox? Half a billion, I should say.
7: I think he's going to play football because I don't think that man wants to do anything else. And I'm looking at him like, I guess, buddy. I mean, look, you put your whole family on the roulette wheel to go 8-9. I can understand why it might be hard for you to give up now. But I can't. What gets me about Brady is... Just because he's really good to be 45 doesn't mean he's not 45. Right. 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 <laughs> ain't going to be good forever.
12: Right, right. Right.
8: Well said. Hey, listen, man, I'm very happy for you. That HBO show sounds amazing, and I wish you nothing but uh, great success. And come back more often. You, you work perfectly here in New York City in the morning, so thank you so much. All right. I appreciate it. All right, man. Bomani Jones right here on Sid and Friends in the morning. We'll take a short break. When we get back,
1: Boy Now. It's time for Sid's take.
13: Sid's take, Sid's take, yeah!
1: Good luck. It's Sid's take, sponsored by Peerless Boilers and Pavilion Tankless Water Heaters on 77 WABC.
16: All right, nine forty-six on your Tuesday morning, the uh, two for Tuesday edition of the Sid's Take contest. Again, sponsored by Pete Morgan and Peerless Boilers. You got to go peerlessboilers.com PavilionTankless.com to find a dealer near you
5: because they're America's best-built boilers, Andrew Giuliani. Yeah, Pete Morgan actually ran into my pop a couple days ago at Bar Italia Friday night. I get a picture of Pete and my father there, and I was like, look at this. I don't get invited anywhere. This How about that? terrible. Maybe, I know. Maybe i will hook you up with a
16: uh, free Pavilion Tankless water heater. Well, there you go. How I about that? With anchovies. <laughs>
5: yeah. Yes. <There> you go. <laughs> 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 Only if it comes with anchovies. So Our, what's the topic today? We're talking music. We got two for Tuesday, which means uh, you get two songs. I think Sid is at a good advantage here because I'm not as music aficionado as Sid and Lou is, but I do know a bunch of a bunch of kids jingles because I have a 13 month old. So if there are any children's jingles, I got a good shot at this one. Well, none of
16: those are okay. to be included Full today, say. but um, most of the bands featured are big time bands, and okay. most of the songs that we uh, we feature in the game are uh, well known songs Let's by that it. Uh, by that artist. So. Let's dive right in here. Number one. Your two songs are Roland the Headless Thompson Gunner, great song. And Carmelita. We played him Spring a lot today. No. Uh, Close, yes! but not really. We're Warren Yvonne. Real? Z- Warren jeez. Uh, they were good friends though, Bruce, yes, and, yes. Uh, Bruce and Warren. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, uh, I think Bruce actually was featured on that album. And on that album and that he did. on the last album. On the last album. Yes, yeah. he was. <laughs> Alright, over okay. one. Good effort. Number two, your two songs are Don't Stop Me Now and Another One Bites the Dust. Uh, Queen. There you go. There Spectacular.
7: Go. Okay. A couple
9: gimmies in we here. We get on the board. We A get couple couple gimmies on
12: the board. I'll take it. There you go. I'll take
16: it. This one you should get, too. Number three, The Pressure's On. Yeah. Two songs, Sweet Emotion and Walk This Way. Aerosmith. There you go. Spectacular. Aerosmith. I love it. Okay,
5: we're two for three over here. Two for here. three. Two out of three ain't bad. Meatloaf. That's three for four.
16: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Number four, your two songs. Pictures of you and boys don't cry.
5: Pictures of you and boys don't cry. Uh, oh, 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 that's the, uh, is this a modern one? More newer person? Yeah. yeah. Fergie? No. No. <laughs>
11: Ooh, girls girls don't, don't Cry. Big Girls Don't Cry. Big Girls Don't, oh, big, big don't, don't Cry. Yeah, uh, the, she, I was thinking of that song, too, actually. She could be a boy. Who knows? Anyways. Uh, the cure <laughs> these, would, these days, you just do yeah. know. Yeah. The Cure
16: would be your oh, correct answer. Oh! That modern. The cure, that song is oh, 40 years old. Yeah, You could've given me another hour. Settle down, God, Phil. Man. It's bad. Alright. Number five. Your two songs. This one's okay modern. Hotline Bling
5: and One Dance. Hotline Bling in one dance. Yeah. yeah good, uh, luck. good luck, Andrew. <laughs> yeah. Macedonia Phil. Ooh. No. You don't listen to a lot of Drake, do mm. you? I, I do not listen to a lot of Drake. But <laughs> it was cool. close because yeah, cool. <laughs> Macedonia Phil's a big basketball fan. Drake doesn't he own the Raptors or something like he, that? He's uh, a big Raptors yeah. fan. I do sing a mean. Yeah. That's the only reason why half a point.
11: I do sing a mean Hotline Bling in the shower though. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Who doesn't? I'm sure you do. The dance really great too. With the starter on,
8: what
16: right. do you got? Uh, you went two for five.
8: Not bad. Yeah. yeah, yeah no. Not good. Not Good. No. Not good. It was it's fine. like shooting a 96.
5: Yeah, it was bad. Mm-hmm. A lot of shanks in there. <laughs> what, what, what do you uh, shoot bogies? nowadays? Anyways, what are you shooting at now? Now, like? well, uh, probably like low to mid 70s. Yeah. Okay. Somewhere you know? Yeah. Okay. Settle down. To settle down.
8: We're Sorry. gonna go out this summer. We're gonna have the first ever uh, golf tournament for my son's charity. Oh, for, I'll come. Uh, this I'm coming. I'm coming. I'm gonna have Andrew. can't wait. You're going to be the Grand Marshal. Okay. Grand you're, Marshal. You're, you're, my, you're my great buddy, and you're actually a really good golfer, yep. so it makes sense for you to be that guy. I love it. And then will everybody gun him for a uh, franchise? I thought I was going to me
13: can't go I thought I was gonna get
8: the Grand Marshal.
16: I'm, I'm an 18 handicap, bro. You should have given me the it's Grand Marshal. Philly, no, I, think, they, they you have, I you think you
8: have 18 handicaps. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I
12: actually am
8: an 18 no, handicap. You actually want really to get a register.
16: Yeah. So
8: I get 18 shots. Okay,
16: 18 shots. You're on. Let's go. <laughs> All right, your two songs. Number one, Roland
8: the Headless Thompson, Gunner, and Carmelita. Well, that's that's confusing because don't, confu- it is because what? what's-his-name, Adam Duritz, from Counting Crows, remade Carmelita. It,
12: that's yes, not, but, no, but okay. no one is It's Warren
8: Zevon, so. but Duritz remade that song, and that's the version that I miss-played a lot.
11: So what does that have to do with it? Well, it could have been Adam Duritz. No, Did he also in? make "Rollin' the Hedgehog? The oh, the Thompson.
8: first song. Right. Yeah.
16: yeah, right. No. All right. All right. Okay. Which is, uh, by the way, that. A, better, a better song than Karma Much. All right, number two. Don't Stop Me Now and Another One Bites the Dust. Queen. There is, yeah.
5: I got that, believe it or not. <laughs>
16: yes, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I believe it. <laughs> number three. you Two for two for the win here. Sweet Emotion and Walk This Way.
8: Oh, come on, Aerosmiths. There you
9: go.
8: Let me tell you something. Yes. Tell your a story. Uh-huh. Yeah, okay.
9: Oh, this is my favorite part. Be quiet. Yeah. <laughs> Giants
8: are playing the Ravens in the Super Bowl. Yeah. It's always football. Run DMC comes out singing Walk This Way with Steven Tyler and Aerosmith. What young, beautiful girl comes out, makes her debut on stage wearing a football jersey and socks to her knees with little shorts. That drove every 50-plus and 60-plus-year-old man (laughs) through the roof. Was Was it Britney Spears? Spears? Bang. Britney Britney Spears. Spears, I remember There you go. There you go. And that was the song, Walk This Way, they were doing together, Run DMC. And Aerosmith, she walked on the stage and met America like, who is that? <laughs> and, the, and the wives are like, "You have a daughter that age, you filthy degenerate." And <laughs> men are like, "I know, but who is that?" <laughs> sadly,
5: that was the highlight. It <laughs> yeah. for It Giants was. Fans. Yeah, sadly,
16: yeah. sadly, that was the highlight of Britney Spears' <laughs> <laughs> life. Yeah,
5: yeah, <laughs> <pretty big>. Sadly, <laughs> sadly, <laughs> sadly,
9: the pedophilia rate went up. That <laughs> yeah. boy, Joe, for sure.
16: Yeah. <laughs> Jeez, three for three. All right, number four. Pictures of you and boys don't cry. The cure. Come on. <laughs>
5: This is a Uh, beatdown.
16: I feel like the Giants right now. I was going to say, this This is like two great songs. You're
11: not going to go five for five, though, I don't think.
16: your two songs on number five.
11: How do you know? Because I know you. All right. Hotline
16: Bling. Hotline Bling and One Dance. See, I'm not going to because this is some stupid rapper.
5: Hotline Bling. He's the most popular. He's warm. You're warm. You're warm, though. Probably right there. You have the right genre. I'm going to go with...
9: What you have to think of is basketball. That's how you I'm going to
5: go with Drake.
8: Hey! Look at that. Louis well, because I know he owns the Toronto rap. That was very good. I don't, don't yeah, Lewis. I don't know. You guys he's both he's said that. Allie I don't, think, that. True. <laughs> I don't, I don't yeah. think he
3: owns
16: the Raptors.
8: Man. He's part owner, yes, he is. 100 okay. percent But he's, he's not majority owner. No, he's got he's... A of, I don't know, but he owns he owns a lot of the team. He's at every game, he makes decisions, the whole sure. thing. He's well, of course court. he's at every game. He's no, he a... makes decisions the whole thing. Yeah. He makes decisions. Yes. Really? Oh, he he he's involved. He does not own
11: the Raptors. Wow.
16: Yeah.
9: What music they play at halftime?
11: I'm choosing to believe it. I fact checked this. he does not own the Raptors. Yes, he's a
9: part owner. Don't tell me maybe he sold it in a ambassador or something. No, 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 no. And we when you them. walk in, no,
8: they play not. that song, uh, the cell phone song. How does it go? Hotline Bling. That's, that's the one. Bling. How does it go again, though? i a Hotline Bling. Ring, ring! Hotline. It's a Hotline Bling.
9: Yeah. Okay, <laughs> <one time. laughs> don't let me. Cell
8: phones. Sing it. I yeah. like loose version better. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah, laughs> that's gotta, good. We gotta go. Anyone else? It's called Hotline Bling. We'll come back and wrap it up right into this.
1: <laughs> Call me it's on the cell phone. Sponsored by Peerless <laughs> Boilers and Pavilion Tankless Water Heaters on 77 WABC.
4: You used to call me on my you used to you used to I said to
8: Andrew, I said he gonna play that song you made right that now. Yeah, yeah. you call Yeah he's so good, little. <laughs> you to call me call on got, I know we
9: you you I love this it song.
5: I do like this song. I remember being uh did in did a I Vegas guess Bruce Springsteen. Huh? Did I guess Springsteen on this <laughs> yes, one? Yeah. I think I had Springsteen. I don't think so. Yeah.
8: I was in uh, one of the Vegas hotels after the Mayweather. Delahoya fight, maybe? And I was at some nightclub at, like, 4.30 in the morning, and they were playing this song, and I was like, no, it, was, it could have been that. It was after that. This song's relatively new. I forget who it was. Maybe it was uh, Canelo. But this song was on. I was like, wow, this is really cool. Uh, thanks to Bomani Jones, Nicole Maliotakis, Mayor Tony Perry out of Middletown, New Jersey, Miranda Devine, and a special thanks to Andrew Giuliani, who will be back on Friday... And then again, Monday, celebrating a birthday with Lee Zeldin. You were great, as always. Great having you here today. We'll do it again in a couple days. Can't wait, Sid. Thank my, man, you. my man, Andrew Giuliani. Lou Rafino, terrific job. Great job by Macedonia Bill. Justin Ellick, Deb Valentine, always a pro. Noam Laden, you too. Happy birthday again to this man, Neil Diamond, 82 years old today. The Brooklyn Lincoln High School product. And a happy birthday to late, great Warren Zivon as well. We'll all be back tomorrow morning with a Wednesday Sid and Friends in the Morning edition. Until then, from all of us to all of you on this sunny Tuesday in New York City, peace!